by the right of the council, by the will of the force, welcome into the fourth Motherbox, motherfuckers, live from San Francisco, California. I warned all you motherfuckers we were going to be doing this for weeks, for weeks, for weeks on end. And this is the first time Kyle and I are actually together in person outside of fourth mother talk doing a fourth mother box episode. Uh, just the two of us. But this is not only a fourth mother box episode. This is a bonus Jedi talk because this will be uploaded on our Jedi talk feeds. So I know all the Jedi talk fans want to hear us talk about like we prepped up the 40th anniversary of Metallica. Spider-Man. No way home. Holy shit. We just saw it today. And spoiler alert. We will be talking about it. And so much more Star Wars DC news. And amongst so many other things that happened. This podcast might go on for five hours. But... Before we get into all of that, because we can't wait to talk about it, I am Tom Oakry. Hello there. I'll, I'll do that for Evan. Hello there. Um, and this, welcome into another glorious episode of Jedi Talk, Fourth Mother Box. I am your co-host, joined always by the legendary uh, in-person, got here Friday night somehow, uh, Southwest dropped them off, just kicked them right off. They couldn't handle them anymore. My co-host, Kyle Cosentino. Kyle, how the fuck are you? Yeah! That was loud. I love it, though. Well, you better get used to it because it's going to get real fucking loud tomorrow when we see the greatest band in the universe tomorrow night. Oh, man. That first 40th show, I was sharing as much as I could with you uh, without spoiling too much. And then the the next one, I just can't can't imagine how off the chain it's going to be. So this is your first time seeing Metallica in San Francisco. Let's just jump right into it. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, yesterday that we were thinking about like... All the different states we saw Metallica in, and I'm up to seven different states. Mm-hmm. So I've seen them in Chicago, Indiana, Tennessee, Arizona, Minneapolis, uh, San Francisco, which will be tomorrow. Yep. And which one am I? Which one am I missing? Minneapolis, Indiana, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Madison. Okay, yeah. Wisconsin. So-, so seven, seven different states. I've seen this band. This will probably be. I I feel like my 16th time seeing Metallica. 16th. Tomorrow's 20 for me. 2-0, the big 20. Boys, what you playing tomorrow? Boys, what you playing tomorrow? Holy shit. If you've been following along on at 4th Motherbox on Instagram, I've been uploading. We've been uploading a bunch of crazy shit. Um, one of them specifically being the set list that was yesterday of the 40th Metallica anniversary. Um, set, you know, show one. Uh, just, just some crazy shit. But what I, I was uh, before we get into that, when I was trying to get to you, Kyle. So we've been uh, kind of out and about. Uh, you know, yesterday we came, we came back, uh, or I I came back from the show. Not much to do, but we were out and about in San Francisco today. Obviously, saw No Way Home, went to Fisherman's Wharf, all that good shit. You know, you we see, saw, we saw Cal Kestis's lightsaber out on the coast. It was uh, it was on one of those ships that just for some reason won't come into the bay. Let's, whatever reason. Let's go, Brandon. Is the reason why they're still? I, I think on it's. Out there. I think it's because of Man Bear Pig. Let's be honest. Man Bear Pig just standing there's, there. Yeah, there's there's been some flyers posted around town that says "Beware Man Bear Pig." I think we should start raising Man Bear Pig awareness again. Is that who's leaving the Mondo Dukes? We see every like two feet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually took a picture of uh, one of the uh, the Dukes, and um, unless there are really giant dogs, I'm pretty sure that it's human. <laughs> And uh, if it's not, it's definitely man bear pig. So yeah, it's 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 definitely human sized. So you haven't experienced California until you've seen a a big human pile of shit on the side of the on the sidewalk. People so. were not. I, I I'm being honest with you. If I'm transparent with all the listeners of this of these mediums that we're on, I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating it. There's human sized shit on the street. 
Heck yeah. We did a, uh, I, I took a picture of it as we were driving by it. I got it. So he did. If you if you want to see it, I will uh, certainly upload it to the fourth mother it's, page. We might as well um, just just put a put a first post that says warning. There is human feces on the next post, and then another one would be like, no, we're serious. We're in San Francisco. We're about to share this, and then the next one would be like, okay. I, you know what? I don't think that, that there's any warning necessary. I think we should just share it, and people, you know, I'm sure Facebook will flag it and say this is offensive. Or graphic content, or maybe they won't. I don't know. They'll blame it'll, climate change. It'll it'll uh, it'll be interesting what Facebook does with it. Yeah, bring it on. Just like it's 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 been a wild weekend. There's a vibe. Um, there's a fucking vibe in San Francisco right now in California. Yeah, you were uh, you were dining out at a Chinese restaurant with a couple of uh, famous comedians too, weren't Fuck. you? This is crazy. So we're I'm I'm out the infamous house of Nanking with some friends. Um, a little pre-show dinner last night. I was going with a buddy of mine. Uh, Sean, Sean, Sean McCullough, sports media legend, especially in the Pittsburgh area. <laughs> These mics are going to pick up everything, but that was, that was good. Yeah, exactly. So we're sitting there down, we're eating. And, um, there was one guy with a Metallica shirt, walked in, came and sat down. And, you know, of course I picked it up cause I, it was the S and M two shirt and I'm familiar with that shirt having owning it and, uh, it being a recent show uh, and the badass logo. But anyway, Sits down, so I'm like, oh, this guy's going to the Metallica show too. And then I see just, um, you know, just people that you know that immediate, immediately recognizable. You, you, they're just distinctive features. And the gentleman that I noticed right away was Brian Pussain. Um, he's, if you, you know him, he's a hilarious comedian. He has his own show, True, is it True TV, TBS right now? It's like an internet reaction show. He's he's more been in um, random stuff here and there. He was on like a couple of episodes of Louis. Uh, right, he's a friend with Louis C.K. Big Bang Theory. He, he was actually on. He was actually in the Devil's Rejects. He has a like a brief cameo. He gets brutally murdered, and oh. it's fucking awesome. And let's not forget. And the most important one, yes, uh, is man the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. He is canon to Star Wars. So I noticed First episode, him. I believe. Yeah, I I noticed him immediately walking up to the house of Nanking, and I I didn't I couldn't pick you know pick his name, but you, you knew who he was. So I googled you know a description of him because I I knew what like did you, what did you Google? Um, just that, that I comedian. No, 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 no. Um, he was he was a love interest of Amy of well he was after Amy Farrah Fowler in The Big Bang Theory. So I just wrote like who was the guy, the comedian that pursued Amy Farrah Fowler on Big Bang Theory, and I eventually found who i was looking for it's also speculated i mean in the picture that you shot that uh mark maron was was sitting with him i yeah. can't quite make it out but our friend brad uh who was who was worked with with him before yeah. said it was him so so brad yeah we we knew brad would know and because kyle called it out uh with there was a picture that was posted um and then the two of them just happened to be in the background and kyle's like i swear to god that's somebody and um, you figured it out by hook or crook because you wouldn't leave it alone. You were about ready to murder a child. Oh yes, to, to find out who this was. Child, and actually. and Brad confirmed it was Mark Mark Marone, Mark Maron, Mark, Mark Marone. Maron. Yeah, Mark Maron. Okay, comedian as well. He's he, he was also on the Louis C.K. show. And, Shit, and, and um, it just kind of seems like there's that group that kind of like is together. You know what I mean? That grouping mm-hmm. of comedians and whatnot. So that's why I kind of figured like maybe that might be him. Yeah. Okay. And that's that was awesome. Like this pleasant surprise, you know. There's a vibe. There are people here to see this band. Forty years, and I should say that they keep calling it the first forty years. 
Metallica kept calling it last night the first 40 yeah, years. Yeah, we're going to get another 40 years out of Metallica for sure. I'll be okay with that. They could be they could be in their nursing homes babbling on about God knows what, about how it was back in the day in San Francisco before the Democrats took over and their shit on the ground. Um, I'd still buy the album. I'd still listen. Yeah. I'd buy it. Ride the wheelchair. Yeah. Boom, my parents. <laughs> My pants, my pants. <laughs> master, master of depends. Master of depends. I'm pulling it up. And justice for bingo. And justice for bingo. And justice for all. Go to bed at four p.m. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'd listen to it. Buy disposable diapers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it it strangely works. It does. Uh, Anyway, there's a vibe in town, and I can't wait for Kyle, uh, for us to see show two tomorrow. I'm expecting crazy things. So the first night, you know, I got in Thursday early morning, so just kind of was around the city, just checking things out. Went and got my merch Thursday, um, and it, you know, right from the get go, somebody asked me, "Hey, you were at SNM too, weren't you?" And I wonder how they remembered me. You know, the big ginger kid with the Metallica tattoos. Oh shit. Um, it's not like I stick out like a thumb, but yes, the tattoo sleeve is uh, pretty infamous. I think I'm up to 11 pictures thus far in one video. 11 pictures? Yeah, people what? stopping and asking for pictures of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, well, good for you that uh, Metallica's probably only going to get one more album out of We're probably going to get one more album out of them. And, uh, I've got room on my ass cheeks. I mean, it's... At some point, that's where you're just going to start putting it. Mm-hmm. But have you thought of where you'll put the next album? Yeah, most likely on my back. On or, your back? Yeah. It'll really? it'll be right kind of on, on the shoulder blade on the top. It'll it'll come over. And so it'll kind of like merge a bit? Exactly. Yeah. That, that'll that make sense. Yeah. That actually is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Isn't the rocks kind of like that? Like his, A little bit, yeah. His kind of goes in the in his back a little bit? Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Sense. And he's he's expanded on it, but yeah. So Friday is when it, you know everything started, right? I got the merch, and the merch is incredible. Um, you know the the logo that we've shared on the page before was available on T-shirts. They have some great detailed, heavy detailed merch and date date T-shirts. Um, not to mention um, some limited edition posters. They have a coin that I grabbed in Daytona, the 40th coin. So that's back at home in Orlando. Um, cool bandana that I bought for Winston. He's going to be rocking a 40th Metallica win- uh, a bandana. Yeah, you better get Winston some, Fuck yeah. some Metallica merch. Yeah, and today when I took Kyle to the merch table, and uh, I bought a shirt for my wife. So everybody in the family is going to be rocking 40th Metallica Fuck shit. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So the first, you know, after House of Nanking, after we ran, or ran into those two comedians, and everyone was asking me, did you go up to him? Did you show him your sleeve? And look, the, you know, these you two. You showed him your ass. I, I did. I, I just pulled. I, I stepped he right was, up on the table, and I said, Brian, look at my big red hole. And I just pulled it down. <laughs> you didn't even introduce yourself. You just showed him your ass. Yeah. He said, Brian, look at my ass. Wow. What was that like? <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I think because. We're sitting here recording a podcast, right? And we were in, in our hotel room, and we asked for towels, and um, they didn't bring them up, and we started recording. So I just said, I'm going to stand up on a table and show you my red hole, and the door knocked. So the guy who's <laughs> handing us the towels clearly heard that. He <laughs> clearly heard me standing up on a table saying, I'll show you my red hole or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. So, all right, um, back on the first night, Tom. What the <laughs> fuck? 
Oh, what the hell is in this tonight? Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, Brian Bussain does kind of have a haggard look. I mean, he does have a haggard look. So, I well, mean, oh, maybe- yeah. The, 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 the point I was getting to was, you know, I didn't want to be the asshole while someone's eating dinner. You know, I, you know, you're a celebrity, right? You're, you're famous, and he's, he seems like he would be a great guy. Uh, he seems very dorky, you know, probably appreciative of his fans kind of person. It looked like he was there with his son, too. I just, it he just would, feels he weird. He would be cool. He seems like a guy that would be, like, really cool to hang out with. Like, yes. He would mix with our group perfectly yes. just because he's obviously a Star Wars fan. He likes nerd shit, mm-hmm. and he's, he's a Metallica fan. I was 99.9% sure it was him, and then I heard him talk. He's got the most distinctive voice ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I knew it was him. I can't think of what else I've seen him in, but like, Random I remember shit. I've listened to stand up before, and he's actually really funny. Like, he's got a great sense of humor. And uh, I'll just never forget a joke where he's talking about being in a doctor's office, and like, apparently Christian Slater walked in and into the, like, uh, into the lobby area, uh-huh. and he talks about how he just like cut the mo- the nastiest fart ever. <laughs> and then, like, he's like saying Christian Slater's face just like cringed, and he's like, "Oh man, oh that's spectacular." Oh, I mean, it's no nothing like cutting a fart. I mean, there's no really no good way to like if you if you have to fart, there's really no good way to like. I mean, what do you do with that? Our fearless leader would know about that. You know, President. Uncle Ice Cream oh. just just cut 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 some gas recently uh, in front of the vice president. Uh, yeah, uh, apparently, um, apparently he he did that. I mean, people, I would be saying the same shit if it was the other side. I I just hate politics in general. I hate politicians. I mean, if, if any if any president shits his pants or farts yes. or farts and it's like caught on camera, it doesn't or really falls matter. Down. Or falls down. It doesn't really matter what side side of the aisle they're on. It's fucking mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. So. Did Trump ever fall? Like, I know Bush fell a bunch. Um, No, I mean, if Trump fell, I mean, it would be... It'd be hilarious because he's big. It would be hilarious. Yeah. It would be absolutely hilarious. But it's never happened. <laughs> or, you know, it the would be the greatest fall be, ever. <laughs> like, the greatest fall ever. I landed so gracefully. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the Democrats would be all over his shit if that happened. Yeah, and, and sorry sorry, Jedi Talk fans. I know I'm not as good as Brad with that impersonation. He's, he's the impersonation guy. He's the comedian of the show, okay? Come on now. I'm just on for color commentary, and I run the run the show at least for fourth, fourth mother box. But that's neither here nor there. Where was I going with this? Um, yeah, so Brian was saying. So I didn't want to go up to him and be that dick, be that fan that says, "Hey, I know you're eating dinner, but can I have you know? Can we talk about me? You know, you talk- asked him to sign your ass. Yeah, yeah. Can you sign my ass. Can we can we talk about my my Metallica sleeve? I think you'd like it. I got it in 2015. You know, I, I didn't want to be that dick. Um, but again, he seems like he'd be a great guy. So, and then I, again, we were walking in, we were going through the the one clear app line because you got to show your papers to get into a show out here. Um, which I know is fine. I showed up for it, and, and I understood. And I'll do a lot for the band. I I will just say that I've nearly died for the band. And and that and that does that do you draw the line at sexual services too? Or I've told you on this show before um, that. I a hundred percent will take it as far as Lars will allow it. So <laughs> let's go. I mean, if you're going to go gay once in your life, I mean that that would be the time to do it, right? W- didn't we make a pack at like fifteen that we said like Metallica could be like the one? Taking that, I guess. It well, okay, okay. All joking aside, back to uh, the picture that you took on Facebook. 
did you guys take that because you wanted to take a picture, or did you take it because you knew you'd get Brian Bussain in the background? No, um, I I was the only one who, who, who knew he was there. I didn't tell anybody but Sean. I pointed it out to Sean. They the I was kind of clamoring along with that group. I just knew Sean, and I met everybody there. They they meet up every time Sean's in, and they just take a group picture always. The, the two of them just happen to be in that wider shot. You, you know what's funny is that you've been like had a lot of brushes with um, like famous people lately. It I, seems like horseshoe up my ass, and I'll be the first person to say it. I, I it's it's I mean. Can we go back to what happened recently? Gina Carano shared my post. I mean, another Mando alum. Yeah, fuck. You know? and I mean, fuck. Brad needs to get Bill Burr on the podcast. Yes, I would love to ha- talk has, to Bill Burr. Bill Burr has his own podcast, and I feel like... He does. I, you know, and I've never listened to it, but like he's just... I feel like that would be the funniest thing ever, because he's just a mm-hmm. funny guy, and he's... Yes. Bilber's hilarious. He's he's literally like one of the best comedians. Like Next to Dave Chappelle, like two of the greatest comedians out there right now for sure yeah and he's uh, burr recently has been in the news been raging against cancel culture and just people are just like like let people alone and do their thing in his very boston accent you know and and with that not that this is a political show but it's you know maybe we talk about marvel and dc and Mm -hmm. we hate on some things but it's like it, it comes back to that's the fun part about it is that you can have an opinion about something and it, it's okay if somebody disagrees with you. Like you don't have to like go to war with people, right? Unless your like life is being threatened or something. That's like right. That. Yeah, non-aggression principle kind of ideas out of that. But so anyway, back to Metallica. So we eventually we go to the show. As we're walking in line, I see Brian again, and he's getting his tickets from the box office there with his son. So it's it's just so cool to see somebody like that, you know, um, into Metallica just as much as we are, and like amongst the people, right? He wasn't surrounded by. You know, security. I'm not saying he's a celebrity that deems that kind of perspective. But people know him, and I'm. They do. I mean, especially, especially in the metal community, especially Metallica yeah. fans, because even in his stand-up, he talks about his love for metal music. So, you ever heard his song "Metal by Numbers"? No, I haven't. No, yeah, "Metal by Numbers." It's 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 actually pretty good. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we'll we'll have to actually put it up on it, YouTube when we're yeah, done here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who else shows up on on the 40th anniversary show because I feel like it's it's a big show, huge. And I don't know if they're going to get to 50. I mean, I, that would be really interesting. I don't. I think maybe James might make it, and, and I don't think Lars could because let's face it, like being a, a drummer and playing master puppets, like hits. Even for a young person, that's it's not an easy song to really do. I mean, right. say what you will about his drumming ability. that The tempo of that song is tough. And even as a guitarist, because it's very infamous for being a down-picking... Yes, nightmare. Uh, <laughs> a down-picking nightmare. And you really have to have the stamina for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most guitarists today, they'll, they'll alternate pick. And it's just like, you can tell the, who the phonies are. Who do that? And like, I'm going to play Master of Puppets an alternate pick. But no, you downpick that you shit. Fl- you downpick all Metallica. So even if your arm falls off, you, you pay some respect to the song. And I mm-hmm. know if you're alternate picking. Absolutely. You can hear the difference. Absolutely, you can. Downpicking makes a huge fucking difference. So, you pricks. You can't learn that on YouTube. I'm sorry. No, you cannot learn that on YouTube. God damn it. So we're walking in. We get to get in. You know, the vibe is crazy. I run into a, um, a tattoo artist. And actually, I want to give him a shout out on the show. Uh, he's a pretty badass guy. Got to talking to him for a little bit. Uh, friends with him now on the Instagram. He's got some sick art out there. Um, let's see. Luis Hernandez Tattoo Studio. Fade to Black Tattoo in Everett, Washington. I love that name. 
Um, obviously, Ode to Metallica. Great, great fucking name. Absolutely. So f- um, follow him on Instagram, uh, Luis Hernandez Art. Um, all one word, obviously. Uh, get to look in if you're ever in the Seattle or ever in the Everett, Washington area. Looks like you know where to get hooked up with your tats. Um, so ran into that individual. Uh, asked, he's like, "Hey, I'm a tattoo artist. Saw your sleeve. Um, you know, can we take a video?" So got um, you know the vibe check, which is crazy. So we finally got to our seats. Um, talking to another guy to our left hand side. Uh, he's from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, boo, boo, Wendy, boo. Uh, but that's okay. He was there to see Metallica. He was, this was his 64th show. And I wow. thought I was up there with 20. Wow. That's unbelievable. 64 times. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, his, his first show, you and I were both two years old. I, in 1988. I mean, people from the 80s had had That's better true. had a That's better true. opportunity to see them more. I think the my first show was 2001. Yep. I think that's. I was like, I remember being 14. Mm-hmm. That's when I saw them for the first time. So it's pretty young. And you know, it's like they were around the 80s and 90s. That's a whole solid 20 years. So if if we judging by our standards, I mean, you know, maybe we would be at the 40 mark. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Um, Who the hell knows? I mean. So we get to our seats, um, and uh, eventually we are the DJ and the host, um, also comedian, and his name is escaping me right now, and I feel bad. I mean, he was, was a, he was fine. He didn't do much comedy all too much, and I'm not really spoiling anything, but it was more he's more of like a host, right? So there was some funny stuff. Um, there were some really you know, trying to get the crowd involved in a lot of things. And the crowd was just itching for Metallica, just like Metallica fans are. And they were, they were kind of bitchy to Brewer uh, in Madison, Wisconsin in 2018. One fan in particular. Especially Rody Joe Miller. Uh, shout out to Joe. He's a legend after that show. He is. Legendary Rody Joe. Legendary Rody Joe. And he's already a legend for the shit he's done for Scourge. So he just upped that legend status. So finally, you know... Actually, Metallica came out before the host came out and introduced everybody to the show. So that was a pretty good surprise. Um, so Metallica just comes out and gets to plan, right? And what they're doing, and I assume they'll do it for night two, they're playing a song off of every album in release order. So from Kill Em All to Hardwired to Self-Destruct, they're playing a fucking song, which is so dope, which is incredible. So rarities and surprises... That they played? What? What's going on over there? <laughs> Did you post that? No, but I'm going to post it. <laughs> it's, We're going to have to warn people about it. I'm just going to post it and, and um, like just let people put it together. Ky- Kyle's got the poop picture up, everybody. I'm going to put welcome to California. <laughs> just, or, or you should post it on Facebook without any of this like description. and Just, just like without any words. Wonder if it'll get flagged. Why would it get flagged? Unless some Karen is like, no, defecation. I mean. And she, and she flags it. Reports it for poopy. Anyway, Christ. Um, Metallica. <laughs> we, we went from shit to Metallica real quick there somehow. Um, I mean. This, and, and it keeps is, jumping back, jumping fourth, back and forth. Th- this is the fourth mother box. We're, we're a classy show. So we talk about poop as much as we can here. Fair enough. 
Um, but surprises from Metallica while, while Kyle's finishing up his, his uh, scat fetish over there. Um, they played some really fucking rare songs last night. And if you're into Metallica at all, the songs that I'm about to tell you that what they played, and spoiler alert for night one of Metallica, but that was last night, uh, Trapped Under Ice. Oh, my God. That was like the first you know rarity song that they played, and you just right into it. It was the third song that they played. Um, they played Orion, and... Boy, I tell you, and I'll say exactly what I posted on my Facebook status, a grown man cried, um, thanks to Metallica, specifically during Orion. Now that, specifically, Kyle, your nose breathing into the microphone, I can hear a lot as fuck. <laughs> I, I promise people we're, we're, we're better professionals here. Um, no, we're not. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We're not men, to quote George Costanza. I mean, I'm a man, but um, anywho. What we were saying was Orion. So, you know, when you're a youth discovering Metallica and you're getting into the band, you know, there are certain songs that just speak differently to you. And Orion was one of them. You know, it's a, it's an instrumental. It was something that I was getting very much into as I was learning how to play bass guitar. Um, and Orion just, it speaks Cliff Burton. You know, when you think of Cliff Burton, when you think of a Cliff Burton song, you think of Anesthesia, Pulling Teeth, but... Orion's the first one that always comes up for me. That's his song. There's a heavy bass featured, and Rob Trujillo does it perfectly, tremendously. I've never seen Jason do it live, but Rob, I think, does it from one bass player to another, does it as accurately as anybody can with, without having Cliff be alive. Um, you are right over there? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? All right, all right. We'll get to that in a second. But I got very bubbly during and, and, and Sabi during Orion. Um, and then Metallica played The Shortest Straw, which is a fucking huge surprise. They um, didn't do any rarities from the Black Album. Um, Load, they... What did they play off of Load? Uh, King Nothing. Yeah, that's right. So King Nothing, they, they played that. But Reload, you want to talk about history? For the first time ever, Metallica played Fixer. Jab another pin in me because, fuck, that was awesome. And James confirmed it, too. It's hard to believe. I mean, I wonder how many fans really knew that song. Because as I was listening to Into, Into the Trivia Pit mm-hmm. uh, the other night on uh, Sirius XM Liquid Metal. Oh, boy. They, they were doing a special Metallica edition. As they should. And and people were just bombing on basic album questions. So uh, Metallica fans out there, you need to get better. Start learning the al- albums. Start listening to more of them. There, I mean, shit. me and the dude next to Sean to my right, who will be in your seat on the right hand side t- uh, tomorrow. Uh, good dude. He he was into every song just as much as I was. Is Sean going again? No, you're sitting in where Sean's seat was. So I see. Yes, um, Sean has to go cover the Pittsburgh Steelers. Play who they play? Who who they got this weekend? I can't remember, but he has to cover a football game. So. Um, Metallica played St. Anger because they're going from album to album. They played Frantic, which, you know, they got Frantic out of the way, which leads me to say, oh, what are they going to play off of St. Anger now? Um, Kyle and I are hoping for the unnamed feeling. Purify. I'd be happy with Purify. Fucking play it. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I want St. Anger. I want the unnamed feeling. As do I. Say what you want about that album, but that's a great, great fucking song. I would love to hear that song live. And Lars's Lars's snare drum will be uh, tuned correctly. Yeah. Kirk Kirk plays a solo during Frantic Live. That he does. Yeah, so... So they might put, I mean, shit. Like, even if they play St. Anger, I haven't heard them play that live in a very long time. 
you know, the song Saint Anger. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll take anything. I love hearing like, you know, deep cuts as as mm-hmm. Lars calls it. Yep, damn right, deep cuts. And then Hardwired to Self Destruct, they played Spit Out the Bone, which is always a welcome song. And they and they teased us at the end there. If you were watching the live stream, they teased us at the end. Like when Metallica, they threw out their picks and they did their normal thing, we're done with the show. And then they faded to black, pun intended. And then everyone was like, fuck, they're coming back out. Like they never do an encore like this. But then they turned the house lights on. <laughs> so it was a bad tease. Ooh. Yeah, right. It was, it was a bad tease. So it's, it, it's a unique Metallica show. It's, it's a different feel to it. And I fucking love it. Uh, show 19 was, they sound, I say this all the time and I don't want to feel like a broken record, but they just sounded so crisp. Like, the acoustics of the Chase Center were fucking good. That makes a big difference for a band is the venue. Yes. I mean, some bands just sound like garbage. Yes. I mean, you take, like, if you're really into metal, like, some of the bands, like, you know, somebody somebody like Slipknot, who's like a nine-piece band, they sound great in the studio, but... You know, they need a really good venue to sound good. And You've seen Slipknot Live, right? I've seen them a couple Where? of times, and I've seen them at... Tinley, right? Um, I saw them at Chicago Open Air, and they sounded good. So, they so definitely cramp- sounded good, and I've also seen them in Tinley at the old Tweeter Center. I don't know what it's called now. First Midwest Bank Amphitheater? For, yeah, whatever the fuck it's called. I call it... It's like, you know, if you're from Chicago, there are certain, there are certain venues, certain buildings, certain places that will never change. Right. Like, it's always going to be the Sears Tower, Comiskey Park, yeah. and it's always the Tweeter Center. Whatever. Right, 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 right. So that's pretty uh, core to Chicago. But, um, yeah, they they don't always sound good live. And, you, and, again, it's like the venue really makes a difference. Yes, it does. Bands. Yes, it absolutely does. Uh, it didn't help Mudvayne in Daytona, I'll tell you that much, but... Well, he was he was struggling just to breathe. To just to breathe. Yeah. And, 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 and to my understanding, he's he's a bit uh, padded now. He's uh, a little bit. He's got a, the bear claw fancy or beignet fancy. Oh, quite. Oh, contraire. Wow. So let's let's wrap up our Metallica talk and get into Spider Man because oh, we got a lot to unpack with Spider Man. Um, and I want to end it here and ask you a specific question that I just popped into my head here. So we know Metallica is going to play from start to finish album from Kill 'Em All to Hardwired. On every album, Kyle, name one song you absolutely want to hear tomorrow night. One from everyone? Yeah. Let's okay. run through it quick. Um, kill them all. Let's kill start with kill them all. And you go, then I'll go. Fuck. I want to say like something that I haven't heard from there. I mean. Mine? Jump in the fire. You know what? I would choose jump in the fire. Fuck yeah. Just because I like the way that James changes the vocals on it. So come on. And uh, it just sounds, at least from the other live versions, I'd love to hear Jump of the Fire. Fuck yeah. Jump of the Fire would be a fucking awesome to play. So there we go. You're going to you're gonna hear Fourth Mother Box once for tomorrow. And if we're right on any of these, uh, I will not do anything, and I'll just brag that we were right. Um, so let's go Ride the Lightning. Um, I'll let you go. Song you want to hear. So let it be, let it be known they played Trapped Under Ice last night. So mm. I think it would be kind of cool to hear Call of the Cthulhu or... Or Fade to Black, because I'm not 100% sure. And Fade to Black is like one of my favorite songs by them. I'm not ever sure if I heard it live. So I would choose... Fade one. to Black? Yeah. I'm not really? Sh- I don't know if I've ever seen I've seen them play it live. So I would think th- either that one or Call of the Cthulhu. Okay. Because Cthulhu would be cool to see 
see them do an instrumental. And that's such a dark and creepy ominous song, so I'd love to hear that. Yeah, Call the Cthulhu. Oof. Hard not to pick that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stray a little bit and be like, I want escape. <laughs> I want them to play escape. escape. Yeah, the darkness. It, yeah, I mean, no, that's, dun, that's something dun, else. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, um, only two people will understand that reference. Mike Whatever. being one of them. Mike, you're getting a frosty to the fucking face for no fucking reason. It's probably you that shit on the sidewalk after watching <laughs> Fast and Furious Nine. You piece of. By the way, Mike Norad, if you are listening, I was on the plane here and it was a long plane ride. And they had some free movies, and uh, I haven't seen Fast Nine, and I didn't watch it either. I'm just like, nope, I, I'm not gonna. This this flight sucks, and I don't want to make it even worse. So Southwest trying to give away the movie, and people aren't even watching it. Definitely not. Hmm. Anywho, okay. So Master of Puppets. What do you want to hear off of Master? Hmm. They played Orion. They did play Orion. I want to hear Damage Incorporated. Damage Inc. Excellent, excellent pick. I want to bow to Leper Messiah tomorrow night. Fuck yeah. I would love to hear Leper Messiah. All right, and Justice for All. They played Freight, right? No, they did not play Freight Ends of Sanity. Well, From Injustice, they played one last night and Shortest Straw. Deep cut. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick Freight. Freight Ends of Sanity. That's actually that's actually a really good pick because the fans have been up large as ass about playing Freight Ends. So I have a very sneaking suspicion if any song gets picked tomorrow, it's going to be Freight Ends of Sanity. Yeah, I we're def- I don't see it being Dyer's Eve because I think Dar- Lars would die after that. But... I, I I heard Dyer's Eve in two thousand four, um, on a when they did back to back in Chicago, like the second night, they closed it out with Dyer's Eve, and it was. I hate to say this, but it they is a little sloppy, you know. They just they they played it really fast. They played it really fast. They got through it, and it sounded awesome, and I was so fucking into it live. Yeah. But yeah. When, when you go back and listen to it, especially when you've got a musician's ear, you're like, oh, all right, all right. That, you could laugh at it. Yep, just like sure. Just like last night, they, they, they fucked the intro to Frantic up. So. <laughs> or even on S&M, too. Like, Kirk, I think, you know, fucked up more than a few times with the solos. I'm like, oh, okay. come on, man. That's... I know, I know. It's, it's... It is what it is. It is what it is. They're I close mean... to 60 years old. It's fine. And they're, it's they're, fine. They, they can still run circles around us musically. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like, we're just, we're just you know, mm-hmm. we, have, we we should say nothing. My, my Injustice for All pick would be Eye of the Beholder. All right. Love that fucking song. So, all right, Black Album. Last night they, they played Nothing Else Matters and Sad But True. Mm. Don't tread on me. Ooh, that's my pick too. I want to hear that again. Just because California needs to hear that song. So don't tread on me. Fuck. Not, not for yes. political reasons. I, I promise. Now here we get into the fun picks. Um, uh, load. So last night they played King Nothing. We got a lot of options on Load, man. A lot of deep cut options. I want to hear Outlaw Torn. Yes. Oh, that song. If they play that live again, that's gonna be the one I cry to tomorrow. And I and, and I don't I give a fuck. Like I'm gonna be a baby like about it. Dark and it's more like existential. Like I love just the. I actually really like the the rendition of it in the first S and M. Well, actually the second one because I was really fighting. I'm like, this was done so well live. So well. And ah oh man, just that, that song lends itself so well to the that, symphony. That in all within my hands on S and M too. Just mm-hmm. great, great. Yeah. So I'll, I'll torn. I'm leaning towards Hero of the Day. I've never heard Hero of the yeah, Day live. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah. That would be a good one. I've never heard Hero of the Day live, and speaking of S&M versions of songs, I fucking adore. 
um, that one. Oh, off yeah. SNM that, one. that is just amazing. Beautiful. Amazing rendition of it. All right. Reload. And they played Fixer last night. Fixer. Jab another pin in me. What do you want to hear off a of Reload? Ronnie. <laughs> That's off a of load. Well, you know, sometimes I always kind of like... Uh, yeah. Low Man's Lyric. Mm-hmm. God. What a great song. The f- that, that's a, it's such a or mama said you know i mean i could i could hear that mama said go back to load yeah go back, going back to load yeah. yeah because like that's the that's the great thing about this band they're just like you know what we did the injustice for all mm-hmm. and the black album and master puppets we're gonna put a we're, we're gonna put a rock country song in this yeah song. here's a here's our version of a country song yeah whatever fine fuck you yeah and fuck you, you. Know what? Oh fuck you! And you know what? It is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. So, and I hate country. I think me it's too. Despise the dumbest it. genre of music. I mean, it's awful. Outside of Johnny Cash, but I think it's just—he's not country. He's Johnny Cash. Yeah, he's, he's his own thing. But it's more bluesy than I mean. Whatever. Outlaw country. Okay, we, that gets a pass. But like new age country, like it's blow your brains out music. So yes. Um. So reload. Um. You. You picked Low Man's Lyrics. Reload for me. Oh, man. The first song. Mm. Devil's Dance. Devil's Dance. There's a lot of good. um, I know. There's a lot of good deep cut options. Riffs on that album. Even like Slither or. uh, Attitude. Born into Attitude. Um. Cure. That. The solo in that I always loved. I mean, there's some like great, great fucking like so and in there. we're talking load and reload here because we yeah, keep bouncing like back and forth to, they yeah. kind of like go together so mm-hmm. anyway so there see see this is where metallica gets like into the nitty-gritty i was getting really excited the further we got along in their discography the closer we were getting to like load and reload because i knew there was going to be something crazy in there because these two albums are chock full of deep cuts because they barely play anything outside of the radio hits they they don't even play until it sleeps that much live anymore like if they played that live, I'd be happy with that because I've never heard until it sleeps live. It's one of my favorite videos. It's I a great that. video. It's a great video. Oh, we should do a top ten Metallica video. We uh, did that. We did that though. We did that before. We talked which are our favorite videos. Okay. Go okay. back. We'll go back in the. archives. I will go back in the archives and listen because I can't believe I can't remember that, especially my memory. What the yeah, fuck? You, yeah, I'm the one with a shitty memory yeah. here. So. Yeah. Um, I'm a therapist, and I, I I have to remember things. This for is a living, true. So. <laughs> But only when I'm getting paid, I guess. That, that is right. Money talks. So okay. So we um, garage. So they played Bread Fan last night. Um, mm. Garage Inc. Lots of options one. here. Oh, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick more than one just because I feel like I have to. Go for it. I, you know what? Turn the page is such an amazing, amazing cover. I mean, let's face it. They own that song. I'm sorry, Bob Seger fans. Well, they absolutely own Turn the Page. Can they, me? They they own that song now. I would say that one comes to mind. East of Omaha. God, I don't even know. There's so many. Astronomy, Sabracadabra. Mm-hmm. Mm. God, Garage. Like, I think if if I were to play it safe, they go, am I evil tomorrow? Um, I, but I, I, like, I, I want something different because I've heard am I evil yeah, a few times. I live. would say like Sabracadabra. Oh would, my god! I would say I would go with that. They played Sabracadabra, or or turn the page. I know that's a little bit more uh, mainstream, like for them. But you know, that's such a great, great song, and James Hetfield really shines in singing it, mm-hmm. like unbelievably. Mm-hmm. So, my vote, Merciful Fate. 
That would also be fucking cool. Holy shit, how cool would Versal Fate be? What if they brought King Diamond on stage and he sang with them? He's still Jesus. alive, right? I don't know. Jesus I no, Christ. I've never listened to King Diamond. Diamond Head? No. So Merciful Fate, for everybody who d- might not know, is a song by Metallica. It's just a hodgepodge of King Diamond songs. It's done really well. Oh, yeah, spectacular. Bring me the blood of a newborn child. Yeah. King Diamond, Danish musician. Just want to make sure he's still around. Yeah, of course. That's why him and Lars are besties. So, yes, he's still alive and kicking. 65 years young. So, anyway, so Garage. Yeah, Merciful Fate for me. So, St. Anger. I mean, we were kind of mentioned earlier, but they played Frantic last night. So, here's your pick. Uh, you missed one. S&M 2. Oh, M, of course. They did play No Leaf Clover last say night. Minus Human. Okay, we'll both agree to Minus Human. Uh, we both agree to Minus Human. Okay, now St. Anger. Yes. Okay. Uh... I well, we already said it. I said unnamed feeling, so I would want that one. Let's go another one, just in case they're getting they're feeling a little spicy tomorrow with two Sanger songs. God, it's my world. You can't have it. Would be my vote. My world. I'd love to hear that song. That's live. you know what when they did a live version, they changed it up. You remember that that uh, that little movie they released or that DVD where they just played all the oh, songs yeah. mm-hmm. live. Mm-hmm. They when they did my world, that was actually a good like a cool rendition of it. Oh, like they changed it up a bit, so yeah, I might choose that one. Sick. Dirty yeah. window, dirty yeah. window would be a good song. Yeah, yeah, that that would be kind of cool. Or maybe they go some kind of monster. Yeah, some kind of monster. That'd be that's an, that's there's that's another great song. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go with that one too. Anything off Saint Anger, like we yeah. said, if they play Saint Anger, I like yeah some of the deep cuts. Like I definitely you know because we've been to a lot of shows and. And I feel like it's cool to kind of hear stuff that I never heard of. And even being, I've been to 15 shows. Fuck I haven't yeah. heard everything, you know? Nope. So Yeah, that's why tomorrow is going to be psyched already. I'm not going to be able to sleep. Um, but, okay, uh, Death Magnetic, they played The Day That Never Comes last night. God, the, another great example of good guitar work. Ooh. Like, great guitar work. God, what would I want? I'm going to say... Like a um, Unforgiven Three. Yes, without a without a doubt, that's my favorite song. We listened to it earlier today. We did, and that middle the middle part breakdown before the solo. The uh, Forgive that, Me. Yeah, if if that that part really just accentuates the entire album. Goosebumps. I mean, it's just great, great writing right there. Goosebumps all the time, all the time. Yeah, it's Unforgiven like, it's Three. It's like the part on Halo on Fire. Hello, darkness. Say goodbye. Say that's, goodbye. That's like it's saying everything that Elton needs mm-hmm. to say right there. Hundred percent. Unforgiven three. Death magnetic man. Um, the Judas kiss for me. <clears throat> I know they've played it live before. Um, it's, it's one of my justice for all riff. Yes. Like that. That song would fit very well. Yeah. With justice for all. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Uh, but I want to hear the Judas kiss. Fuck so yeah. Finally, um, hardwired to self-destruct. Last night we got spit out the bone, so we have a lot to get from hardwired to self-destruct. Mm. What are you thinking? I mean, well, we've heard spit out the bone live. Mm-hmm. We have. We've heard Halo on Fire live. Halo on Fire, confusion. Yeah, we've heard confusion live. Yep. Maybe dream no more. Yes, that's my vote. I that's my second favorite song off the album. Cthulhu awakens, dreaming no. I more. love that chorus. Ah, it gives me goosebumps. The harmonization that James. I mean, I know it's James doing it with himself, but 
the way they can love. Yeah, I love it. Love it. So, And not to mention, I want a new song tomorrow night. Yeah. Kyle and I anything. demand it more than anything. I mean, what the fuck have they been doing? This has been a pandemic. I th- oh, Last night, there, there's a part in the show, if they showed the same videos, where like Sean and I looked at each other and we were like, new, what? New song? New song? Brad even texted me and he's like, oh shit, they're about to play a new song. And then they played Fixer. They just but did that on purpose? Probably. Assholes. To get, me, to get my dick hard and shit. Get me all ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> like 30. Remember, remember when they debuted Frantic? I don't know if you remember this. This was Yeah, like the MTV. MTV. Yeah, like Harvard, the icon. Yeah. And like if you were watching it at home, they, they played like 30 seconds of it and then it just fucking cut out. And I was like, oh, my God. It was kind of like I a think surprise. I threw my TV out the window and then my mother hit me with a uh, shovel. This was like the uh, it reminded me of the season or the series finale of The Sopranos where it just cuts to black in mid sentence. Or it's like when you were getting the scrambled porn channel when you were thirteen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like and it comes in and then it goes away. Yeah, exactly. It's just awful. Awful. And I remember somehow ripping that off of a CD and putting putting that 30 seconds of that Frantic song and listening to that over and over and over again. Yeah, I remember James said, we ain't done yet. And then they played it. We sure ain't done yet. And I was, and I was, ah, oh God, you know, it's funny, but it just really is a testament to how much we love this band mm-hmm. is that like these memories will always stick out to me. Just, I remember very vividly, very specifically listening to that and how I kind of felt and thought about it. Like. Really cool. Really fucking cool. Something we'll never forget. Something we will not forget. And tomorrow is bound up to be epic. And we will be your 16th, my 20th show. Just, um, and it's, I don't think it's the last time we're going to see them live. But if it is, because you always got to think about that possibility, especially with a band this age. I, I like to be realistic with Metallica. I really do. You know, I expect another album out of them if everything stays healthy. But fuck, they're, Kirk's fifty nine. Like they're 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 close to sixty years old. I think they look good though. Yeah, they look great. I mean, they they're they're great. They're in great shape. They take really good care of themselves. It's as clear as day. Um, they're doing what they're meant to do. It's what they've said over and over again. They're doing what we were put on this earth to do, and it was their first forty years. So let's fucking go for the next forty. So um heads up everybody as i mark down 46 minutes into the podcast uh, 46 11 specifically spoiler alert you are being heavily warned right now by the fourth mother box and representatives representatives of jedi talk that we are going to talk about spider-man no way home i'm giving you all the time in the world at 46 minutes and 36 seconds in to skip a lot, way ahead, and I'm going to put timestamps in the episode. I'm I'm, I'm keeping timestamps so people know where to skip to. Well, I feel like I feel like most people who really love Spider-Man and MCU, they're going to go see this movie this weekend. Yes. So, you know, if you've if you want to wait and just listen to this, great. I mean, definitely, definitely go see this movie. This was like the quintessential Spider-Man movie. There's so much to unpack. So much. It. What an excellent, excellent job that that Marvel did, and I, I can't even. I'm still processing it. And Me Tom, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a lot to take in. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm flying back to Phoenix Monday, and I'm I'm gonna talk to Courtney. I'm not gonna spoil anything to her um, because she would have asked me already. I just told her what I thought about the movie, and, but she would have asked me for spoilers already. 
Um, I'm going to try to talk her and my father-in-law into going and seeing it since we're going to be there for, uh, for another eight days, and I think you're going to see it again for sure. Uh, I will be seeing okay. it. I will be seeing it again for sure. Okay. So yeah, uh, there'll be a lot to process, but just thinking thinking about it right now, we've got to talk and give our initial thoughts about it. So here you go again. Spoiler alert! I'm being as kind as I possibly can fucking be. Okay. Three, two, one. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in the fucking movie. I told you. I warned you. I warned you. I warned you it was going to happen. I said if you didn't fucking listen. So Kyle, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Um, well, let's 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 start from the beginning. Like, yes. This, you know they don't even sh- like you just pointed out. They don't even show that that Marvel intro. No, yeah, they didn't. Opening that they, they usually right do. into it. They just go right into it, and it picks up right off right after you know Spider Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. and and what happened after that, and uh, you know you kind of see the fallout from like his identity being revealed. Yeah, huge fallout. And, yeah, and, and this leads us to our very first very awesome cameo, and that is a one Matt Murdock. From the Daredevil Netflix series. Yes. He's MCU What great timing, too, because isn't that funny how it lined up so perfectly with this week's Hawkeye? So it had connection to No Way Home. I I knew it would. And I think on Wednesday, the finale of Hawkeye is going to like blow us away. And they almost kind of have to talk about this now. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. I'm kind of glad that they contain that, like... They did it really smart because there were so many questions about who was going to be in this movie. Right. And it was really well done. Like, Matt Murdock was absolutely the perfect person oh my God. to be put in here. This is a great entrance for him into the real MCU. Yep. And it was a great return for him. I wish they did not fucking announce it, like, a couple weeks ago that Charlie Cox was going to be back in, in Daredevil. I mean, as Kevin Feige wasn't it? He just kind of said, "Yeah, he'll be in the MCU." I mean, maybe he said that because of Hawkeye, but but then again, you know, they could have waited. Yeah, they they could have waited. They could have like timed that better. Yeah, unless like Daredevil is in the last episode of Hawkeye. I don't know, man. But even then, like that was still a legit. Like I was surprised. I still gasped and. When I saw his, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the correct term for this, like sight stick or you know the, the stick that that blind people used to walk. Like once you see the stick, you're just kind of right. like you process that for a quick, quick minute. You're like, holy it's like shit, a cane. yeah, a cane, yeah, duh, yeah. You're like, holy shit, like, oh my god, like, I know who that is. And then you right a sudden you you see the sunglasses and there he was. Oh, yeah, man, I am so happy that they're continuing with that because that was by far. I still think to date, this is one of the best superhero TV shows to date. Oh, hands down. I mean, if you ask me, like, what, when you think of, like, great TV shows of superheroes, I would tell you, like, first up, the Daredevil series from Netflix. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I can tell you, like, the Flash on the CW, the season one, was excellent. Season two of Arrow, excellent. Titans this year, excellent. Titans season three, absolutely. Yeah, so... These are and and so like I think you know, um, you know Daredevil. Even the season three was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Just excellent, excellent storytelling, especially with the Punisher. And we all know John Bernthal's coming back as the Punisher because people love the shit out of him. Yeah, I think so. And he's he's definitely going to come back. Mm-hmm. And and maybe you know, I wonder if he, you know it's funny with his entrance in there because for a while we weren't sure if he was connected. Well, he's you see. I thought they were going to shoehorn him in via the multiverse, 
But yeah. this this was before shit happened in this movie, so he was legit like MCU MCU canon. But but then it's you know it it just kind of covers up the whole like Infinity War part of it. Like where was he? What what could he have offered? Truthfully, against Thanos. I mean, I mean, he, I mean he they, could have helped. The Eternals had to give an explanation. So no, that's it's a great point. I, I mean, mean, you have Daredevil. You are the only person who saw that movie. You so. have Daredevil. You have Jessica Jones. You have Iron Fist. You have um, Luke Cage, which is you know he's bulletproof. So and he's got strength, like super strength. So yeah. And 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 I wasn't saying it as a knocking against Daredevil, but I'm just like thinking of it like him versus Thanos, like like one on one. But right. you think though, like they had the Winter Soldier there. You know, and he's not, I mean, he's... Super he's strength. Kinda, he's, he's a super yeah, he's soldier. Yeah. But then, okay, that's when it's Black Widow and Hawkeye. Two people are just master assassins. Black Widow been. was dead. <laughs> well, yeah, she's 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 very dead. But, like, this is... They're, they're two people that just have, like, really great ninja skills. They're master assassins, if you will. And they were... Yeah. They were fighting Thanos. That's it's true. That's true. Say, Thanos had a huge-ass army. I mean... So, Daredevil could have been a part well, of it. Well, Daredevil's cl- he's back. He's he's canon MCU. So hopefully they explain what was going maybe, on to him during Infinity War. Well, I guess like maybe he was gone with the blip. Maybe that's maybe that's a part of it. Speaking of the blip, we know another person that got blipped was Yelena Belova. She was from blipped. Uh, Hawkeye this week. She was, yeah. That was a, such a cool tie-in. That was a really cool tie-in, and I loved how they showed how the blip happened, the like how it happened and how they came back right away. In just five years, yeah. yeah. Okay, coming back to Spider-Man. Yes, because because we, we could we, we could talk more Hawkeye later. Oh my God! So so that was really cool. He he was bought in it for about two minutes, you would say, mm-hmm. and such a great cameo. Really cool scene. He, he caught a brick that people were throwing at Peter because they were pro Mysterio, right? Or yeah. And so you know, kind of moving forward, Spider-Man decides he wants to seek out Doctor Strange, and this is kind of stuff you would see in the trailer because he yeah. wants to change you know the world knowing that he's spider-man mm-hmm. he wants to go back in time he wants dr strange to take him back in time and then dr strange tries to do just that and then gets fucked up and all well, these he, he doesn't try to get, take him back in time he tries to cast a spell where everybody forgets he's spider-man right. but peter starts freaking out because that means um mj will forget who he is his buddy uh ned ned yeah i, I was trying to i don't want to say wanted to say neil his buddy Ned will forget who he is. Aunt May will forget, you know, who he is. Everybody will just forget. Um, so Doctor Strange gets it lined up to where, like, I don't know, a handful of people will remember, but it gets so fucked up. And this is when things opened up. You know, I, I think they called it a darkness was cast, specifically. So what this ha- what had happened, you know, long story short, we're not going to sit here and go over the full damn near three-hour movie, right? That was about three hours, I think. Yeah, it was almost three hours, like two hours and 50 minutes. Yeah, it was a long, long movie um, after trailers. And we saw the Batman trailer, by the way, uh, just as good in theaters as it is on YouTube. Um, but I digress. So the biggest thing about this movie was that they brought back all the villains. Yes, and, and this is how they entered through this blip in the multiverse, it, so to it speak. It made sense. It was a good written. It was a well-written story. And it was it was cool to see these legends come back to the screen. You know, every one of the every one of these villains in their own right, these are quality written Marvel villains. Very iconic, very just stuff that people love. And my personal favorite of was was Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Oh my Way God. to steal the show. Yeah. Such a villain great, wise, he stole the show. You know, twenty years later, he's still fucking you know, knocked that performance out of the park. 
absolutely excellent. He's definitely Marvel's Joker. Yep. For sure. And I loved it. I'm so glad I got to see him reprise his role one more time. Mm-hmm. So we, Excellent. So we had Doc Ock. We had the Green Goblin. We had the Lizard. We had Electro. We had Sandman. So all from the respected previous Spider-Man universes. We had the villains. Um, Electro was souped up. He had a new look to him. Um, he the, Everybody didn't know how they got to where they got to. Uh, Sandman was kind of... Sandman was kind of just a throw-in. He was just kind of there. He kind of seemed like the, there wasn't a lot of attention paid, play, um, put on him. Yeah, but it's it's okay because I kind of think it was, you know, it seemed like they took one villain for from every Spider-Man movie and brought them together, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have brought in the Rhino, but that nah. that might have been. I, yeah, I feel like the Rhino and uh, well, they left out the Rhino from Spider the Amazing Spider-Man two. They did. They left out Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin. Yes. And God awful Topher Grace Venom. Venom, yeah. But yeah. they they made a mention, so Yeah. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's I mean okay. keeping up with the story and everything. Yeah. So um they basically figure out a way to quarantine them all and there's Doctor Strange puts the spell together to basically could send them back to their worlds, but they all realized that they got sent to Peter Tom Holland's universe, um, in the current MCU timeline, right before they died. So they figured out if they got sent back, they'd die. Nobody wanted to die. This is Doc Ock. This is Green Goblin, Lizard, Electro, and Sandman. Um, basically, whoever was going to die didn't want to die. So Peter wanted to figure a way around that. So by hook or crook, you know, figured out certain ways to do things um, and if they just all worked t- together. But, of course, when has it ever been a good idea to work with a bunch of villains? You know, specifically. And Green, Green Goblin was was playing along, you know. Norman I, Osborn was stringing Mr. Peter along here. I think I, I really like that part that, you know, Peter just doesn't want to, like, let these people die. Like, and it just shows... That yeah, the Spider-Man heart, doesn't, norm, doesn't normally Yeah, this just shows that, die. like, you know, spider the heart, you know, and soul of Spider-Man. And I thought that was a really good point in the film that he, you know, he really wanted to try and help these people as opposed to, you know, just let them go and let mm-hmm. them die. And um, so that was great. And the next part of this is where this movie blows the fuck up. And that is the entrance of Tobey Maguire. Well, let's let's and Andrew Garfield. Yeah, let's start with, with who who came through first. So the way they did this, I don't know about you, but I, I, I picked up on very quickly when they started talking about summoning Peter because Ned's got the the Doctor Strange dealy. Like He's like that some, knuckle, like, like yeah, bare knuckle, like a knuckle ring that he device. can he can open up portals and stuff. Um, yeah. So they were calling Peter Parker. So it opens up with this Spider Man with, with Spider Man. Uh, he turns around because he hears him calling Peter Parker, and he's in an alleyway. So he turns around and just runs towards the circle and jumps in, and takes his mask off and boom, there he is. There's Andrew Garfield in all his glory. And I was the biggest nerd, and I clapped. I hate people who clap in movies, and I did it. Well, if you're gonna ever clap or cheer in a movie, this is the time to do it. Yes, I mean it. It made sense, and everybody did cheer in the movie. And they I mean, did, and like you almost can't help it because these these are these are iconic characters, mm-hmm. characters that we you know we've seen for twenty years. And, I, and I've said it on both podcasts. Andrew Garfield's my favorite Spider-Man. My, oh my, my, my favorite. Yeah. I don't think he's the definitive, but he's my favorite. 
And and he stole the spotlight. Stole the fucking show in this movie. He stole the fucking spotlight even more than Tobey Maguire. Oh my god! So uh, let's just talk about Andrew real quick and his and his performance because there are certain points in the show when when you get to the climax, right? Everybody knows how Gwen Stacy died, and there was and and I don't want to steal the thunder too much because Kyle made really good talk about uh, we were had a good conversation. You made a good point about this scene on the rooftop. Um, in Andrew's part, when he was talking about losing Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. like you just you felt his loss because um, big, big, big moment for Peter right beforehand. Um, Aunt May died. You know, Aunt May, Mercer Tomei. Talking like Tom Holland's Peter yeah, Parker, yeah, Tom course. Tom Holland's Peter Parker's Green Goblin kills her. You know, yeah, and this is the other part of the movie that really got to me is that it it really showed like raw emotion from all Spider Men. And and in particular, like I think Tom Holland, you know, his acting chops has gotten a lot like better, and this is where it really shined. And when you know, Aunt May Aunt May dies, this is and we've been talking about this all along. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel doesn't do shit like this. Nope. they don't. They never take a dark turn, and they fucking did. And it and it just paid off in in droves because, like, you see the emotion on Tom Holland's Spider Man's face, and it just it really. It it gets you in the feels, and when mm-hmm. you watch this scene, when when you see all three Spider Men on the roof talking about what they've lost, you, especially Andrew Garfield, I mean, like quality actor, so believable with the, and with the you, acting. And, if you've seen Amazing Spider Man two, the way just Gwen Stacy just dies, the snap crack of the back, and I wonder and she's hanging there. Yeah, oh my you God. know what? Um, they actually dated in real life. Andrew they did, Gar- and and then they broke up, obviously, but. You know, maybe so that was why it was a little bit easier for him because there's some prior history well, you there. You bitch! But but you see it on his face, and this comes this comes out again later on in the movie when yep. he saves MJ, which is Tom Holland's MJ from like, falling from the building and almost died, and like he saves her, and then he's just like almost in tears, and it just that to me that really got to me and it just it gets you in all the feels and i think this was just one of the most brilliant parts of the movie mm-hmm. and andrew garfield i mean when all three of the spider-men were interacting together andrew really stood out um especially when they were comparing villains like toby Maguire had fought an alien but not to the extent that tom hollands had fought thanos and people actually in space and andrew garfield's <laughs> yeah. claim to fame was um what did he say? Um, fighting a mechanical rhino. Oh yeah, yeah, fighting a mechanical rhino. Yeah. You know what's funny because it kind of like, and I'm not gonna say that this was a fault of the movie, but it kind of felt like it really took the the spotlight off Tom Holland. Like it, I, they it kind of did. Didn't you see? Didn't it feel like that? Well, I'm am thrilled that these two weren't just cameos. Like that they they didn't just. I am too. that like Toby didn't pop his head out and say, "Hey, everybody," and then leave. I'm. There would be no way. I mean, I think this movie would have been good without them, but it wouldn't be epic. Oh, this and, wouldn't be where I'm going to rank this movie. Yeah, it, it's just if I'm, they weren't in it. I was. I'm glad that they were in it. They weren't in a cameo, and they both suited up. And do you want to thank know? you so much for doing this? Like this is just speaking of cameos. I've been saying this for yeah. years that this would be the quintessential Spider-Man movie that it would blow everybody's mind, and I'm so fucking glad that they did it. Go yep. ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say, cameo-wise, cameo-wise, you know who I'm happy did not show up? Tony Stark? Tony Stark. I'm surprised he didn't show up. I am so happy he didn't show up. Just stay dead. You're mentioned 50 times during the movie anyway. 
We he don't really need him back. Though. A few times. You know what's funny is that uh, at the end when you see him at Aunt May's grave, I'm surprised he's happy. Like, yeah. I'm surprised he's not like. Well, one, I was surprised, and I talked to you about this. Like, I'm surprised you didn't see like Ben Parker. Yeah. You know what I mean? The or, gravestone, yeah. Or even or like Tony Stark's gravestone. You know, I mean, he could have gone there for like guidance or whatever. That's but, true. Um. But yeah. Yeah, uh, there were there were there were there were a few callbacks to Tony Stark in the movie, um, specifically when when Happy was on screen. But um, so there was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Uh, the infamous meme of the three Spider Man pointing at each other happened in the movie. It was very subtle, but they were in when they're like um, somebody was calling Peter Parker. I can't remember who it was. They're like Peter Parker, and they kept pointing at each other. Peter Parker, Peter Parker, Peter Parker. So uh, I believe that was the subtle call to the movie. Or a subtle call to the meme, rather, of the three Spider-Man. I, you know, um, coming back to the dark part about this oh, movie yeah. is that not only does the Green Goblin kill Aunt May, he almost kills Tom Holland's MJ, yeah, uh, Zendaya, and yep, and Tom at that point just Tom Holland's Spider-Man just loses it, mm-hmm. and he almost kills the Green Goblin. He straight up Batman's the fuck out of him. He just punching the shit rage hits yeah and it it did it remind you of the scene in the dark knight where like batman is punching where is she where is she yeah oh my god that's the first thing that i thought of i'm like taking a straight straight up cue from one of the greatest movies of all time oh man that was so Mm -hmm. fucking awesome i love it when the when heroes do shit like that when they tap into their rage that's why i love it when jedi tap into the dark side yeah. at the end of return of the jedi when luke tapped into the dark side to defeat darth vader i love that aspect of that character this this movie was very it had its fun points but it, it was very dark and it was dark. very much about loss because even yeah. at the end tom holland's spider-man sacrifices everything to mm-hmm. save you know, save the people that he cares about. He loses his friends, his love, and his family. Um, and, and, you know, Aunt May died, and uh, she, you know, she ain't, she ain't coming back. And and a part of me is like, you know, you're kind of brokenhearted for this character. Your heart, your heart just is bleeding for it, be, for him because, you know, he he lost his his uncle. Well, they don't really talk about that. No, but, but Aunt he, May's death was his uncle Ben dying. And Aunt May died, and like you know, his father figure Tony Stark has died. Everybody around him has died, and even in a sense, like his friends are are gone. I mean, and then it's like you see him going into this like dark apartment at the end. Yeah, just like really, it's just really sad. He's just and, alone by himself. Yeah, and you know, it's an interesting end to this trilogy. And you know, it's it's almost like you have to go on. Mm-hmm. You, you this has to go on because you can't just end this character there. You have to see them in a good light, and it, and I can't wait to see what they do next with them because yeah. even after three films, it still feels like the beginning for Tom Holland's Spider Man. Well, it's because he's so young; he's such a young Spider Man. He yeah. started in high school, for God's sakes. Which is what they, I mean, not that Ben Affleck isn't a bad Batman. I'm just saying is what they should have done with the Justice League. But I digress. Nah, Snyder wanted an older twenty years and got the Batman. Yeah. And that was perfect. We got what we got. We're going to get Robert Pattinson's Batman, and that's going to blow everything out of the water. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So after that, they tried calling Tom Holland Spider-Man after Andrew Garfield showed up and did his stuff. And then, lo and behold, in stepped a non-suited-up Tobey Maguire. Just straight-up Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire. Um, He's older, but he just still had that... What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Like not childish, but 
he had that innocent Toby Maguire look to him. Like you knew he was he Peter really Parker. Did. Yeah. You knew he was Peter Parker. You kind he kind of channeled it really well. He did. Yeah. And you know, to put it in perspective, people, the first Spider Man came out twenty years ago. Fuck. Like it wasn't yesterday. That's the boy was not, no. And uh I mean it you know it's it was like I w- I'm gonna ballpark it and say we were like fourteen or fifteen when that came out and it, that was a part of our childhood. Yeah. And it's something like that was like the first major superhero movie too. It really was for us, yeah. And even just like culturally, it, it, you know, impact. It was like really the the one movie that kicked it off. I mean, Blade Blade came out before that. Yeah. But Blade is it's not like Spider Man. Like Blade is like Blade's one of my favorite characters. Right, but it's but a little different. I mean, you could look at those movies and say like not really equate it with superhero movies. Blade right. is just like a like a cool badass action character. Um, so Spider-Man was really the one that made this, you know, superhero movies, like reinvented it, made it mainstream again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Batman Begins came out after that and made, showed us that you can take a really serious and dark look at any, like a superhero. Right. So, uh, you know, I was so happy to see Tobey Maguire return. It's kind of like that, you know, reigniting that. It's kind of like in Star Wars where you see Han Solo return. Yeah. It's like it gets you in all the feels and it just it's really, you know, I'm so glad that they could figure out a way to to, to make this happen. Mm-hmm. As hard as it was to keep Spider-Man, I'm so glad that, it, you know, they made this happen and it just paid off in dividends. It did pay off and I'm they they they, they figured it out and they they delivered. I, I feel like this is something the fans had asked for and it was delivered on. You know, and they, I feel like they very rarely do this. It's true. And now the next one I'm going to ask for that they they probably won't deliver on is a a one Avengers versus Justice League. Oh, movie. Marvel versus DC. Yeah, yeah. That, I want that movie to happen. The Maybe Rock's the only one that's going to make it happen. The He's Rock like the only one happen. who cares. The Rock, the Rock should make that happen. Yeah, Black Adam versus Black Widow. Or the world something. just needs to decide that this movie needs to happen. Let's face it. Okay, yeah. so. Somebody out there who's listening to this, they need to make that happen. So Toby Maguire is there. So we've got um, two two of our infamous Spider Men in the living room or Ned's living room. Um, and his mom making some uh, jokes. Um, I thought it was funny that people who understood Span uh, the Spanish or at least the I don't know if it was Spanish the, the language Ned's mom was speaking. I can't remember specifically. Um, I don't know if it was Spanish. Well, there were people in the audience who understood it because they were laughing, like before the English got told. So, I think they um, understood whatever it was, but it was it was still um, a really good scene how, how they showed up. And like I said, thrilled that the two of them had a major role in this movie and not just cameos because Tobey Maguire acted like kind of like the father f- figure Spider Man here, even to Andrew Spider Man. He kind of seemed like the the sagely one. He was, and yeah. Like, uh, and he. The spotlight seemed more on Andrew Garfield, but his his presence was definitely felt mm-hmm. and very important, especially right at the end where Tom Holland almost tries to kill a Green Goblin, and he just he stops him with a look. Yes, and I it just got to the I was just getting to that point specifically. All three of these Spider Men had arcs to finish. Andrew Garfield had a redemption arc to finish, and he did when he saved, you know, MJ. Yes. Absolutely, to- to- Toby. He stepped in to the to the to the point you just made, and all he had to do was give Tom a look. He served his purpose, you know, finishing his story arc of 
you know, basically the great power, great responsibility line. And he saw his responsibility to give Tom everything that, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, everything that he never had from maybe like an Uncle Ben. Like mm-hmm. Peter knew, like he needed, and all he did was a fucking look. And it was, it was a, like some, one of probably the best acting I had ever seen out of Tobey Maguire. Just that look that he gave Tom. It's like he served that purpose and said, you know, you, to stop. You're not, you're not going to kill him. And then he almost lost his life because of it. Green Goblin stabbed the fuck out of him. Again, second time. <laughs> and then finally, Tom uh, Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man, his, his redemption arc was learning to live with that responsibility. And he finally accepted it by wiping everybody's memory clean at the end mm-hmm. with Doctor Strange's spell. Yeah. Wow. So, the, what do you... There's, there, there's so much to be said about this, and... I mean, it's there. There was nothing really that I felt like, man, they really missed the mark on. Like, I think it was a perfect ten for me. Oh wow, yeah. I I I was I'm, I'm sitting here trying to talk myself out of giving it a ten. I'm like nine point six out of ten, and I'm like, what what what? Why would I not give it a ten? I kept telling myself, why would I not give it a ten? I mean, I'm sitting here trying to pick it again. I've only seen it once, and I'm I very much have recency bias. I you know it's it's different than what I thought it would be. I thought they would ex- really explore the multiverse a lot more. But um, it, it kind of was like multiverse light. It was like kind of like scratching the surface at it. And it was kind of cool to see that. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. It almost kind of mm-hmm. like this is the movie that kicks off the multiverse. The multiverse. Uh, of madness. Mov- you know, kind of like movies, movies moving forward. Mm-hmm. And man, yeah, I just I can't say enough. I think this is uh, this is what people go to the movies for. Yes. And these I'm moments, so glad. And I'm so glad. I mean, you can't really do this with any other franchise, really. You know, like no, if there's nowhere else that's kind of like had that long history. Mm-hmm. Maybe Star Wars, but you know, Batman and Superman have been around since the 30s. Well, you, you can know? absolutely do it with the with the bat these multiple Batman that we've had. Yeah, so Bat- that's, that's Michael Keaton, and that's what we're doing in Flash. We're going to see this in the Flashpoint, yes. and it's going to pay off beautifully. And I think it's great that you can look at both worlds and, and see something great. I mean, Marvel obviously only has that with Spider-Man because that's all they've focused on. But, you know, DC has a longer, richer history with this because yeah. they Marvel just never did anything really with uh, the other characters. Right. But DC has, like, Christopher Reeve's passed away, but, you know, they have Christopher Reeve, they have Wonder Woman, you mm-hmm. know, and obviously all the Batman. And Christopher Reeve actually reprised his not reprised his role, but he actually cameoed on Smallville before, Did along he? with Margot Kidder, um, briefly, and he served as kind of like a mentor to Clark Kent. Okay. I, I thought that was that like is cool. probably one of the greatest parts about that show. Yeah. Um, but so like it's kind of like I think D- DC has just a richer history sure. with that, even though this was pretty awesome. But props to Sony, props to Marvel, and everybody with the MCU that built this up to deliver I, I i don't see how i can't give it a perfect 10 to i'm trying to figure something out right here thinking about it you know the only thing i can conjure up is and i'm nitpicking here at what toby mcguire said about looking for tom holland spider-man like he just kind of said i thought he knew i mean but again spider sense could have something to do with that so so I, again i'm nitpicking i'll give it a 10 right now and that, with a, with a warning, that could very much change if I see it, you know, multiple times, which I will. Going to see it again with Courtney. 
I don't think that would change. I don't think that will change for you. I think this was definitely a, like a once in a lifetime, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of a movie. And I, I think, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just think there's a lot there and it was just, it was really, just really entertaining. Mm-hmm. It'll well, be, it, you know, kind of like to maybe working towards wrapping it up. Yeah. Uh, the Easter eggs. Yes. The Easter eggs were kind of interesting. The first one with Venom. Venom. Funny. Tom Hardy. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> there's there's some funny moments in there. We're going to go streaking. We are drunk. We are drunk. <laughs> Let's go skinny dip. Oh, yeah. D- yeah. yeah. Go skinny dipping. Um, yeah, and I felt like, man, Venom versus Car- Venom and Carnage just really missed the missed the mark. I still haven't seen it because you you downplay it so much. Like, I went online and I, I watched the, the end credit scene. That was about it. That's the only important part. Yeah. So, um, but there was an interesting part to that. And I wonder what this means is that, you know, he gets obviously blasted back into his universe mm-hmm. and then, but a part of his symbiote stays there. So is this, is this, I think this inevitably means that the next Spider-Man movie will be about the symbiote. No, oh, I love Spider-Man. And probably and lure Venom back into the, his universe along with, but you know what doesn't make sense now that I think about it, think of the Morbius trailer. Who, yeah. does, who does he see? He sees the vulture. He does. And what does Morbius say? He's like, I am Venom. Yeah. So what does that mean? So, like, you know what I mean? It's like, if he if Venom gets blasted back into his universe, but Morbius is, knows about Venom, hmm. and Morbius is in the same universe as Vulture, what does that mean? Maybe at that point... Because uh, Morbius is coming out in February. Well, don't don't forget or at, January. At the end, January, I think. At the end of No Way Home today, Doctor Strange was uh, trying to fix the spell. That was it. Was basically they were crack the, the the multiverse was cracking and people were entering. Remember that's when I said I thought I saw the silhouettes of Craven the Hunter mm-hmm. and the Scorpion. Like there were people entering, that, which is interesting because I thought Scorpion was. Um, the one guy from No Way Home, because he, you know, Matt Gar, his name was Matt Gargan, hmm, and he had a scorpion tattoo on his okay. neck. So, and he, and the guy who plays him is a famous. He's been in a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. so I would assume that that it would it would just make sense There's that it was him. A lot but, of possibilities with, but, uh, with that uh, yeah, leftover Craven symbiote. Hunter, he's, yeah. um, I forgot what who is who is the actor's going to. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> we we talked about the that kid forever from Kick-Ass, ago. I think. Is playing Craven the Hunter? No, that no, doesn't um, seem right. Shit, I forgot who I forgot who's playing him. That's okay. Go back and listen to an old episode of Fourth Mother Box. It's on there somewhere. So um, Google it too, or, or we could Google it. But fuck Google and the goat ass. So um, the the very the very 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 last thing we got after all the credits were done was basically a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness trailer. This was really interesting. It was interesting, and and. For me, it was just for like really one scene where you see the dark Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and and if you've been listening to us, and you you listen to us where what if was going on, you you would know that both Tom and I were just loving the shit out of that Doctor Strange episode. Episode Strange, four, yeah, episode four of What If with um, Dark Doctor Strange. It's so good. And uh, man, I can wonder what the possibilities are with mm-hmm. that. I I hope it's the same one. I hope it's a hundred percent the same one. Um, Wanda Scarlet Witch looked awesome in her new costume in the trailer. You know what's cool is like 
it, the good thing about the way Marvel has done this is they almost kind of demand that you follow along with everything. Yeah. And it's a good way to keep their their viewership and their base moving forward. I know they kind of like stagnated this year a bit with Re- some of the movie releases. COVID. But um, yeah, it's like, you know, what he mentions in the trailer, he's like not about, you know, Westview. Uh, yeah. What, uh, oh the, yeah, yeah. The town that she lived yeah, the in. The town that she yeah. was in. The town about she something else. Kept under. Yeah. So you know, there here you see where WandaVision watching that pays off, right? Because right. you know what happens in there, and that's probably going to come into play. Putting up with those terrible first two episodes. Yep. So, because WandaVision picks up at the end, um, better at least better than the first two episodes. God, it's it's. I I just thought they were slow. I just thought the yeah. first episode. Yeah, were slow. I mean, you know, but needed a better villain, but. Yeah, maybe it might be different when House of Harkness comes out. True, I don't know. True, I give I give a shot though. Yeah, and um, uh, mm-hmm. we will see. But that that basically puts a bow on, and I'll give a straight ten out of ten. And it sounds like Kyle does the same for Spider Man No Way Home. It is, as of right now, it has topped the Winter Soldier for me, and the Winter Soldier sits at number two. Um, I knew it would happen. I I didn't know it'd be this movie. Um, had it I. Put a lot into it. I've said it on the podcast before. If Toby and Andrew weren't in it, I think it'd be disappointing. I still think it'd be a good movie, but I would have been very disappointed if they missed the mark on it. And no mark was missed in the making of Spider-Man No Way Home. I think they they really did a good job at keeping this under wraps. Like, keeping it, keeping them under wraps. I know a lot of people... It still kind of got out. People kind of assumed... And, and I going in, I'm like, there's no way that they're not in it. Right. There's no way. Like, right. And I was I was still surprised when I saw them. Oh, absolutely! But it was just like, even still, like I I think they did a good job at, at keeping it under yeah. wraps for the most part. Yep, hundred percent couldn't agree more. So there you have it, a one twenty one in. As I, I just want to make sure as we transition out of the Spider Man No Way Home talk into some other news in the DC, Marvel, and Star Wars. Uh, world so let's let's kind of keep it marvel was there any more marvel well we can go jump right into talking about hawkeye episode five uh hawkeye episode five i think we we kind of talked about everything that we needed to talk about well i mean the only thing that 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 was just huge was the end part of it was when we get we finally get confirmation that the big man is the big man kingpin But I, I think the bigger deal was Kate Bishop's mom was involved. Yeah. And it looked like she hired Kingpin to hi- or basically send out a Black Widow assassin against Hawkeye, right? Yelena Belovich, who had a huge part in the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, I, I think, you know, I always, I liked Yelena from Black Widow this year. I think she's she's great. I think um, Florence Pugh's a great actress. She actually did really well in, oh, God, what was that movie that I hated? Black Widow? <laughs> Not Black Widow. I mean, she did good in Black Widow, but she was in, okay, she was in this horror movie about a cult. I can't think of the name right now off the top of my head, but, like, you know, the beginning, like, um, oh, fuck. Anyway, like, her parents both get killed, and then you just see her unravel, hmm. and, like, she just does this brilliantly, and it, I mean, I didn't like this movie at all. But that opening scene was like it was powerfully spitting hot fire. It was very intense, and it's okay. very true to depression. So, oh, interesting. 
Um, but back to Hawkeye. Yes. Like she was, I think not only was, I mean, we talked about Spider-Man and I wonder if we'll see any of the ramifications of this in next week's episode, of the, which is going to be the season finale of this. Yes. I can't but, believe it. I mean, I think it's safe to assume we're going to get Vincent D'Onofrio oh. reprising his role. Yeah. Maybe we're going to get a Daredevil cameo too. It, I mean, could you imagine if you've seen the Kingpin at the end and then Daredevil shows up and then they're like, uh, Hawkeye will return with season two. Dare, <laughs> Daredevil could save Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye might be overmatched. Oh my God. That would that would put me over the top yeah. if, if that happened. Which it very well might. Balls I mean, would explode. But I, I thought that was huge. Yeah. I never go, thought going into Hawkeye that we were going to get Kingpin. Like... I never thought this, but it, I'm so so happy I that mean, they're doing it. They made it work. They made it work. They they gave him a good reason or a somewhat decent reason to to stay in New York. That is, they had to get him into New York. The, the Rogers play. So, oh, we didn't even talk about the Statue of Liberty in No Way Home. But do we need to? No, no, we don't need to. I mean, we Statue of Liberty them. has uh, Captain America's shield. End of story. Yeah, yeah, end of story. Uh, whoops, and that was a big rumor. So that think, was also actually featured in. Um, it was either Shang-Chi or, or the Eternals. I forget which okay. one. Okay. But one of those. I'll take your word for it. But anyway, that, that kind of wraps up Hawkeye. Those those were the biggest things to come out this week. Is I'm checking out the time here as I'm talking out loud. Um, so um, that wraps up Marvel news specifically. But um, let's let's talk it into DC, right? Um, a few things with DC. Uh, Gotham Knights series, particularly to CW... Uh, no, where did this rumor come from, and why the hell am I being bothered with it? Like, I I don't want a Gotham Knights series. It wouldn't make sense. I don't want it on the C fucking W. It wouldn't make sense with Titans. Like, you don't no. need this. Definitely not on the CW. Please God, don't no. ruin these characters. No. God, not not at the all. The CW. Well, why are they trying to keep the CW alive? Like, why are they trying to do I, this? I don't get it. Like, their ratings are terrible. Their shows are terrible. Who's the fucking idiot watching these things? Speaking of fucking idiots, I want to bring Ginger Snaps back for a second because I just I just got reminded of something that happened at Metallica the other night. So I am very much a you know libertarian mindset when it comes to things. Like I I I judge when I judge, but out in the open, I'm gonna let you do your fucking thing and you do it because that's what you think that's best for you, yourself, your family. And for the better people around you. Use your life to live. Doing what you want to do. Why the fuck does everything have to be made political? Specifically in this state. And I'm being a little judgy and I'm calling California out a little bit. But this is just what I've experienced since Thursday. Since I've been here. We're sitting down. The host of the show. The 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 comedian. Is just going around the front. Pointing at people at the rail, asking where they're at. There's a lot of international fans. You know, international fans are crazy for Metallica, especially for Mexico, Brazil, um, just all over the world. And and Kyle, you, you'll you'll see him tomorrow night. So, and then somebody says, "I'm I'm from Texas. I'm from Alabama. I'm from New York, and I'm from Chicago." And then finally goes, "I'm from Florida." And then I, of course, I clapped. You know, I currently reside in Florida. I'm a proud Floridian, and the two bit. Toothless, crack hoe, bitch ass, slut ass, hoe behind me. Had to just make it out to boo. Really fucking loud and really obnoxiously. What 
is your fucking complex that you are so insecure about yourself and the things that are going around around you that you've allowed for, for over the course of the past several years that you and the generations of inbreds that have brought you up have voted these people into driving your state into the madness that it is that you have to take it out on people enjoying their lives you know half not not halfway clear across the country did you really have to speak up you 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 inbred hick to talk about you know something that you don't even know to to boo on something that you're specifically just just don't know because what did the media tell you that florida is an evil place did the media tell you that people who live their lives outside of fear is is something that that you need to rage against because people are not complying to your every will and demand like leave people alone that don't want to be meddled with okay let people live their life I, i i had a great time last night at the metallica show you know, with not abiding to the rules of the mask mandate that supposedly we were supposed to wear indoors, I followed. I wore it to my seat. I I, I had a couple of cookies and I and, and I drank a Pepsi Max. But once the show started, the last thing I was thinking about was putting a fucking mask on. Okay, you know, and and the, the, the same thing around me. Hey, guess what? There was somebody I met there last night that may or may not have presented a fake vaccination card. Okay, I just want to put that out there. This shit is stupid, okay? People who've gotten the vaccine want to get the vaccine. And this is coming from somebody who's gotten the two, first two shots and a booster. Yes, 100%. That's me. It's just coming from somebody. So it's like, if you want to do what you want to do, do it. Just don't force others to do it. Um, and don't just sit there and boo your fellow uh, fellow human beings, not just Americans, fellow human beings, where you are here to celebrate the first 40 years of Metallica. And you have to politicize something. How off base do you have to be as an individual? I never once thought about booing an individual if they said they were from, like, like you know how much I hate the Green Bay Packers, Kyle, right? As as, as a staunch Chicago Bears fan, most people in Chicago, yes, if you're a sports fan, you hate the Green Bay Packers. And you understand, and they own our ass, uh, you know, as far as the Bears go. But I still can't fucking stand them. Okay, hate them. So the, the the guy from my left was from Green Bay. He came from it. I never once said a goddamn thing. And it was, wasn't was even itching at me to do it because we were there for Metallica, okay? Metallica is the great equalizer. I've always thought that because Metallica does a really good job of staying their nose out of the things and they really don't get involved in in, in the nitty-gritty political shit. I, you know what? And this, this really grinds my gears too. It, it, you know, it's like the people that, that I see that have to every day they have to put some political status on Facebook or Instagram or social media. It's like it's like they don't have a life and they are they think they're the changing the world by their Facebook statuses and yet they do nothing. So shut the fuck up. Get nothing. a life. There's more to life than politics. There really is. And just because you want you need validation 24/7 about what you believe is right. Like I don't care if you bleed red or bleed blue. Get a life. Or, or Watch bleed, Star Wars. Yeah, you know, we all bleed see, red, go, by the go way. Go see Spider Man No Way Home. Yes. Like, enjoy life a little bit. You know, make an Instagram post about that. Yes. You know, for fuck's sake. We don't care that you just woke up, had your coffee. You know, I, I never wanted some to see somebody's baby pictures or wedding pictures on Facebook more than I did. More, you know, it's like more than I would want somebody to hear somebody's politics. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. 
I don't want to hear about anybody's religion. I don't want to hear about anybody's politics. It, it just kills me. It kills me that that she was so had her panties so much in a bunch that she just had to boo because they said Florida. Is that the no no word for you, Florida? Does is freedom hurt? Show me where the freedom fucking hurt you, Linda. You know what? I I just feel like you're booing booing Florida. That means you're booing Disney, and I'm not down for anybody booing Disney and Universal too, which is Harry includes Harry Potter. There's a lot of people who travel from across the country, the world, to see Metallica. In not everybody, look like you may not agree with what Florida's doing, but that doesn't necessarily mean the people who travel from that state. (laughs) Agree, you know, Isn't it funny how some things are just buzzwords right now? Yes. Like if I said California, Omicron. California, Florida, vaccine, yeah, mandate, mandate, mask, inflation, inflation, yeah, gas, Brandon, <laughs> all buzzwords, right? Oh, by the way, I could see the supply chain issue from my hotel window. <laughs> I tried to use the force to to like force grab Cal Kestis's lightsaber, but it just did not work. Cal's saber is out there. I can fucking feel it, and I got to mark this off here. I'm taking time codes, people. I'm normally not a, the time code guy. Brad does it, and he does it seamlessly. So bear with me as I'm uh, as speakingly outwards to these things. So, um, yeah, uh, and th- that'll lead me to my... my um, I want to say that Brad also sucks. Does he suck now? He really sucks. I got in and out today, and Brad didn't. So Yeah, I'm glad he didn't because he sucks. Ooh, why does Brad suck? Because if you listen to the last episode of Jedi Douche Podcast, he was... <laughs> Jedi Douche. Both you. You suck too, actually. Evan Evan doesn't talk much, you know, so like Evan's cool. He's the only one I like in the podcast. Because Evan's over here the whole time yeah. talking like this, yeah, even though so my voice can project. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't say much about me. So I, I like him. He's, <laughs> he doesn't know you that well. Yet, he's my fine. guy. He's my guy right now. So Evan, you're cool. Tom, you suck. Brad, you suck. And uh, I hope. I hope you never get a Calcasus lightsaber. Yeah, I said it. Ooh. Yeah, in person. Brad's gonna have to do some. Your mother's hot, and you get a fire crotch. <laughs> Them's be fighting words. You know, I'm gonna wake up in the this middle of the t- night and fart in your fucking uh, face you know and what? give you pink eye. Yeah. Okay. I just remembered something familiar today that I said I was going to mention on the podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, oh, yes. and I, I, I have to make yeah, mention please, this on my notes. mention my ignorance and stupidity. <laughs> and just so everybody knows that I have a master's degree, but uh, I think I think somebody paid somebody off to give me that. I don't know how I got yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, we went to Pantera Bread today. Yes, you take this loaf, wheat loaf, white loaf bread. Um, we went to Pantera Bread, um, and if you knew know the band Pantera, you understand that reference. I don't feel like explaining it, but we were getting breakfast. Vulgar display of flour. <laughs> we went to Panera to get some breakfast, as people do, um, and when you're in San Francisco for Metallica, and um, we were there, and Kyle turns and say, hey, what's a soufflet? Um so and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking if about?" If you're gonna get, if you're gonna like make fun of me, at least get it right. Okay, I didn't what did say you say? Soulflet. Soulfet. I said a soul. What's a soulful? So oh, that's right. God, even I couldn't fuck it up as bad as you fucked it up. What's a soulful? You mispronounce shit all the time. I so. do mispronounce shit all the time. What's a soulful? I'm I'm I'm, I'm higher than sin right now. What do you expect? I I, <laughs> I legitimately didn't know that word. I I don't even know what a souffle was. So, so sue me. So Kyle didn't know what a souffle was. I just thought it was pretty funny for somebody who who takes pride in using big words quite often. 
I don't use big words. Yes, you do. What you you a hundred percent use words that like like nobody ever uses ever. Like what word? I, I, I will call it out the next time you do it. I a hundred percent will. I've, yeah, I don't I, know big words. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But but I, I'm just giving you props. I'm basically saying again, like you said, somebody with a master's degree. It's like you don't know what souffle was. I just thought it was funny. You know what? It, it's actually a thing with me because like a little while ago, I just learned what egg whites were. Like I legitimately did not know what egg whites were. <laughs> Like, I did not know. I always thought like eggs were just like you get them from the store and that's how you make eggs. I didn't know you can like get a carton and that was like you can dump it in, and that's like you know where eggs come from, right? Do we have to chickens have the birds butts. and bees talk? Okay, right. chickens butts. Uh, yeah. no, I, your mother taught me all I need to know about Ooh. birds and the bees. Kyle got a real rage on when Betty White came on the screen earlier today before oh, yeah. No Way Home. Yeah, Betty yeah. Betty White, I'm convinced, is like is like either a god or. She's indestructible. She will be here. She's definitely immortal. until the end of days. She, she's definitely drinking what Metallica's drinking to keep playing at sixty. So, um, yeah. But so my prediction with Cal's uh, lightsaber specifically, and we make jokes, but that the the fucking lightsaber could a hundred percent be on one of those cargo ships out there. And there there's there's several deep in Let's the bay. Swim out there. Yeah, right. I'll go swim out there and grab a couple of lightsabers. I'll grab a cal saber for Evan, Brad, myself. Would you like one? Would you I like would, to start yeah, sure, collecting? Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go in for actually, Kyle. I want the shit saber. The shit saber, Evan. I'm calling you out. Where is the shit saber? We need the brown color downloaded to your to your saber and a and a pooping noise. Okay. Exactly. It's wheel it around. Well, we're in California, so if we're gonna find the going shit to California. saber, I mean. It's going to be here. So the reason why I think if Cal Kestis' lightsaber is going to release at all in 2021, and we don't have much time left for 2021, today is December 18th, one one week to Christmas, by the way. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate, by the way, a week early. And if you don't, why not? It's about presents. Um, the birth of Santa. Hell yeah. Yeah. Just just give an excuse to buy stuff for your loved ones and get get stuff from them too. Break break your bank account, right? Exactly, break the bank account. Yeah, as you're trying to pay a Halcyon Star Cruiser off, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so a potential Cal release this week. So if you go to the the um, Bring Home the Bounty collection that Star Wars is doing all year, there's new releases each week. They started it through the end of the year. They include a lot of the vintage collection, Hasbro Pulse figures. This, that, and the other. There's been some crazy good releases. Um, Black Series helmets, Black Series lightsabers. So now there's a preview for this week's, and there's a preview every week, like a Stormtrooper helmet, a Mandalorian helmet, yada, yada, yada. This week's are two lightsabers. One lightsaber is clearly Mace Windows, and the other lightsaber... For Christ's sake, I've listened to you say Window. It's Windu. It's Windu. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, Mace Windu. I'm terrible at pronouncing things. I don't know why I'm so bad at that. And you called me out for souffle. I did. I did call you out for souffle. Fuck you. Mace Windu. And I'm a bad Star Wars fan for not saying that. So Mace Windu. Master Windu. Master Windu. Master Windu's lightsaber. And there's another High Republic lightsaber. I don't know whose it is off the top of my head. But they're like two hollow scans. And they're, they're crossing, making an X. If And there's, a, there's somebody else on the internet who, who agrees with me in the Galaxy's Edge trading post group that we're in. Uh, he, he tends to think, if it's going to happen, this is it. So if it's going to happen like that, it's going to be available on Shop Disney as well. Which scares me a little bit. Because I'm a, I get my Legacy Lightsaber from Docs. 
uh, in, in, at Galaxy's Edge, or everybody, most most people do. They shouldn't bring that online. There's some things that you just got to get in person. I'm sorry. I, w- I, w- I would agree with you there. Um, so it scares me a little bit. Obviously, I won't be back in, in on to near Planet Batu until uh, December 28th, and even I'm blocked out until the first of the year anyway. Which kind of makes Galaxy's Edge extra special, because even with Hogwarts or yeah. like, you know, Harry Potter World, I mean, you could buy most of that stuff online. Yes. Which, like, there's almost... I haven't seen anything exclusive. I don't think the wands. There's... The wands you can get online. I've seen them. Harry Potter, like, like, like the ones from the park? You can get the ones from the, like... Like, you can get virtually anybody, like, in a Barnes & Noble for, like, yeah, 20 but, bucks. But, but and, those but aren't the But you could also get wands. an interactive wand, really? too. Yeah, like, if I wanted to order online, I could. See, but the ones that Courtney collects, they we, we have a rule. They have to come from the parks. Yeah. Yeah, that's... But I think I think, you know, it's like... I may have ordered something from mm-hmm. from uh, Christmas present from uh, the parks. You yes, know what I mean for somebody. So yeah, like you, it's it's on there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's that's cool though. Um, so anyway, uh, so yeah, if Cal's Saber is going to release, it's going to be the Bring Home the Bounty this week, and it'll be Tuesday. Um, so I won't be shocked. I'll be pissed because I won't be near anywhere near there. I'll be in Arizona. Um, the closest I'll be to is Disneyland and. How is Disneyland still? Did you see or did you listen? Did you see the other new Darth Maul hilt that they released at, at Disneyland? I have not. Okay, so on Jetta Talk we talked about it recently. There's so it's it's it used to be a Saj Ventress's hilt. Um, she's somebody who turned bad. She's a Sith turned bad clone Clone War. So I know you're not too keen with them, but nope. Um, Darth Maul found her saber. And basically used it for the the Battle of Mandalore, like a crazy it, him and Ahsoka Tano battle, um, real infamous scene. Uh, none of us on Jedi Talk knew where it came from when it dropped, but it was we were told it was Darth Maul's shadow lightsaber, like shadow legacy lightsaber. So after doing some research, we we're like, oh, it's the other half of the lightsaber that he uses. So I've got Darth Maul's lightsaber at home. Um, this one fits with it. To make the same, you know, the, you know, the double bladed lightsaber, how you make it with originally. Oh, so you put them together? Yeah, this one does the same thing. You put them together. It's just a different hilt. That's pretty cool. It's really fucking cool. So, and it's a cool look. And like when you turn it on, you could see the kyber crystal like through this vent. Um, so it's just glaring red. It's really fucking. That's cool. really cool. Yeah, I want it. I really want it. <laughs> wow. Um, so anyway, so Cal, if your lightsaber's out there. And I'm looking at the water right now, the Pacific Ocean. I'm using the force. Come to me, please. Tom mentioned something in kind of a related vein of Star Wars. Tom mentioned something to me earlier that I didn't even know of, is that there's going to be a one Indiana Jones animated TV show. I didn't that's, know this. That's that. That's the rumor. I can't say, I can't okay, say well, on air where I heard it from. I cannot say that. But this is great uh, because yes. like... They're doing more with this franchise, which they should because I feel like they always overlook it. And it's such a great franchise. Like, I absolutely I want an, an animated show. We, we've gotten bare minimum of Indiana Jones. Like, give us more. And not only that, we're going to get a video game, too. So We're getting an Indiana Jones video game? Fuck yeah, we are. It's, it's been, being done by, like, Bethesda. It's like this triple-A, you know, company. And... Indiana Jones games over the course of history have always kind of gotten the shaft. I mean, some of them were really well done. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like old school Fate of Atlantis. This was like, you know, point and click days. That still was a solid game. Um, But some of the ones, you know, as of late, just doesn't have like the polish that it needs. Okay. I'm looking for like a really, 
well done Indiana Jones game, kind of like they did with the Uncharted series. Uh, okay. I can't wait. That would be sick. I, I was always like, Fuck yeah. there's something about my childhood. Like They came out with an Indiana Jones game. It was Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. And it was like my neighbor had it, and I always loved this game. And it was, and I didn't have a computer at the time. Yeah. And I remember like just being so infatuated with it. And it was just like one of my – when I think about like my favorite video games of all time, this is one that comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, just just from my childhood, okay, kind of thing. So, I totally get it. That's why Metal Gear Solid lands up there for me. So I'm I'm looking forward to that more than anything. Okay, fuck yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome. That'll be really cool. I don't know if they'll reprise if they get um you know uh, Harrison Ford to reprise. He their won't. Old voice. He won't. I don't think he would do it, and I don't think I'd want him to. Just because I don't know, like I don't want it to be like something. It would be cool if it would be something they would can continue on with. Okay. Know, you know, so like, like, like a continuation of yeah, the series. Like, yeah. You know, and, and voice casting for me is, is always, I'm such a voice cast, casting snob. Yeah. And uh, so like, like Uncharted, it's always been done. Uh, Nathan Drake has always been done by Nolan North. And Nolan North is very prominent in the voice acting world. He's done, he's done a lot of different people. The Penguin, um, a scattering right. of of Batman villains, and he's done Nathan Drake. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really good. Okay, okay, I love it's it. A, it's like it's good to have that continuity. Yeah, uh, continuity is key, and that's something Star Wars can, does well every now and again. Um, but what they've been doing specifically good with, as I marked down, I told you I'm bad with timestamps, so I have to like literally say this out loud. So, but Star Wars and continuity, continue it continuation i should say jesus tap dancing christ uh they're video games so you've had a chance to watch the eclipse trailer correct what have you i mean a little bit more thoughts i know we talked about it last show but just a real real quick refresher because there's there's some weird news on this on this game this week um it's something i think is a great step it's a great step in the right direction for star wars i mean this is what we want i mean fallen order was I wasn't super into uh, Star Wars at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I was, but like, I think what really kind of like helped me get back into it was the release of Fallen Order. Easily, and um, and uh, you know, obviously the newer trilogy and Mandalorian and stuff like that. But this, you know, we've had a lot of Star Wars games in the past, but this could be something different. This could be yes. something. This is a great step, like for that. This is going to blow the fuck up. Once mm-hmm. they once they drop it, if it's what I think it's going to be, if it's like a Witcher or like a Skyrim open world Star Wars game, yeah, the open world would be crazy good. Really define your character and and weave a really cool story into that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it's gonna blow up. It yes, will it be like have fans like foaming at the mouth. I will get it. I'm already foaming at the mouth. Uh, yeah, for it. I mean, just say what we saw. So yeah, but 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 the the disappointing thing is there's an industry insider. That says Eclipse is three to four years away. And you and I talked about this a little bit off the show yesterday morning. Or it might have been this morning. So disappointing. But video games tend to take this long. You were talking about Skyrim. You were talking about yeah, God of I War, mean, right? God of War. They they dropped a tra- trailer for that. And then we didn't get it for like a couple years. And even with Skyrim, like Skyrim came out in 2011. So it's 10 years old. And they... The sequel to it, which we it's like we just assume that the next Elder Scrolls is come they they dropped a trailer for that in twenty eighteen and we still haven't seen anything from it. So that was like 
almost four years ago. Wow. And uh, again, we've it was just like a like a thirty second teaser. Yeah. And it was just kind of like panning through like some part of a land. And we didn't get anything from it. So, I'm, I mean, we're all kind of scratching our heads like, where is this? Oh, this was one hell of a teaser that we got for Eclipse. Like, it gave us story moments. It, yeah. It, it gave know, us main characters. It seemed like it was in the High Republic days, as yes, you talked about. Yes, High Republic, about. yep. And I think that's a really good place to explore because I feel like we don't have a lot from there. Before and, The Phantom Menace, we don't, outside of novelizations, which I'm currently reading. You know, even then, like... I mean, the Phantom Menace seemed like it w- that was the end of it, though. Really? Oh, of like, like the High Republic, yeah. When did Order sixty six happen? Was that the Revenge next? of the Sith? Reve- that was in the third one. Mm-hmm. Why did I think there was a Phantom Menace? No, God, no. The Phantom Menace is when we meet Anakin at eight years old, Qui Gon, oh, okay. Darth Maul. Yeah. Okay, now I'll have to go back and watch those. I wish we had. I wish we had like. Disney Plus. Disney Plus in here. I'd say like. Well, if we could fucking stream it. I mean, it's twenty twenty one, and Marriott doesn't put any fucking. TVs. I got football on right now. The Patriots. The Patriots are getting their ass kicked by the Colts, um, which is surprising. I thought the Patriots would win this game, but that's okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, Eclipse looks great. I'm I'm nervous, and um, the, to talk about the High Republic era, I've heard or I've read it's closer to like 50 years before the Phantom Menace, like that close to the Phantom Menace, which is a which is kind of a big deal. Uh, which would make sense why Yoda's back. He's not on a sabbatical because he's not. He's the, what I've read of him in the High Republic so far, he's on a sabbatical for some reason. We don't know why. He's on the Halcyon. He's on the Halcyon making baby Grogu. That's right. The gestation period for a species is like 150 years. So I forget if I ask, but did, do they ever explain in any point in time? I know they don't really in the movies, but do they explain in any point in time, maybe in the books, like where Yoda comes from or nope. what's his story? Nope. Nothing that nothing. I know of. He's it, Which it's, it's unknown. Makes because like. In my understanding, there there's never been another like Yoda type character until Grogu. Um, what's her name? Yod- Yodette? Yodel? Yodette? I don't know why I'm saying it wrong. Um, she was in the Phantom Menace for a hot minute. She's sitting on a seat in the council. And she's a Yoda creature. Yes. Interesting. I don't remember that. Yes, it, it's if if you blink, you'll miss it. Um. What's her name? Her name is Yaddle. Yaddle. That's right. Yaddle. Yaddle. Y a d d l e. Fort says Fort's a female being of the same species as Grandmaster Yoda. Uh, she was a Jedi Master. Is is does Yoda even have a name for his species? No. Just wow. species. Yeah. Just what they are. I mean, like, what about Jabba the Hutt? Like, do they ever like talk about like what species? I mean, are they are. Are there some just that are undefined, or can you, like, wiki Star Wars some of these oh, things? Wikipedia. Have you ever used Wikipedia? No, but that's a great name for it. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, really, if you want anything on Star Wars, Wikipedia just works like a Wikipedia, specifically. Um, he's a hut. He's a Bor Amar monk. He's, he's Jabba the Hutt. He's okay. a hut. Yeah. And he eats, exclusively eats beignets. Beignets and frogs and... and um, Likes to keep and princesses, yeah, and bear claws, yeah. Benny's frogs and bear claws. Okay, Specifically, died. the bear claws, yeah, yeah. Jabba, Jabba got his ass kicked. So we, we maybe we'll see some callbacks to Jabba in the book of Boba Fett. You know what's kind of cool with Yoda is that they don't talk about his past, and I like that because it's kind of like in horror movies when you know the serial killer's past, it's not interesting, or the Joker for that matter. Right. 
like you don't know his history and that's what makes him terrifying but it also makes him really mysterious and int- you know like mm-hmm. it draws you in because of this and, and Yoda not that I don't think they you know they never should talk about it but it's kind of cool like all this time they we don't really know much about who he is or where he comes that's from that's true master Yoda like mm-hmm. so nobody's got any more middle Carians in him other than Annie Annie so yeah Eclipse it's it's you know I hope it's not in trouble. Um, I, I really hope. But then then again, you know, what you made mention of on video games makes a lot of sense. Um, they, do, they do this a lot, though, with games. Yeah. And, you know, every time I see it, like, a, I'm always excited when I see these trailers. Oh, then yeah. I, got then it. Then, then after that, I just get immediately sad uh, because then I know I'm just like, well, it's going to be a long time before we see anything from it. <laughs> it's like Indiana Jones. I think that trailer dropped maybe a year ago now good god yeah and i don't i don't know um we still it was just like a it was just a brief we didn't see anything no there was no gameplay nothing else no okay god i'm I'm gonna be like losing my shit when i when i see the actual trailer for it <laughs> and hopefully it comes out soon for your sake so you don't uh spontaneously combust yep but i digress so moving it along um, real quick, uh, some D- DC hits. Uh, Blue Beetle was upgraded to a theatrical release, um, and Wonder Woman is going to appear apparently in Shazam Two: Fury of the Gods. So okay. makes sense. The gods. It makes sense for Woman to be Wonder Woman to be around. She is a god herself. Really cool for Blue Beetle to be upgraded to a theatrical release. Um, I think Hell that yeah. it's good, especially when I, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about representation, especially in the Hispanic community, for Blue Beetle specifically so although if, you know though like to me now it almost doesn't even matter like move like in the theaters or on streaming because like we've seen with titans and some of the other ones like, mm-hmm. like disney they didn't there's no discrimination really against movies versus tv shows like it's it seems like they put the same budget into it yeah like it's so I mean, either way, it's, it works for me. I'm, I'm just glad it's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah, me too. It gives us another character works, character to explore. I don't know too much about Blue Beetle, but I'm I'm willing to learn. I mean, I watched Young Justice. Like, the first two seasons oh, yeah. were excellent. Mm-hmm. Then season three, it came back, and it just was like, I don't know what happened with that. But, yeah. Um, um, but he, he's, he became more interesting to me after watching that, I would say. Okay, good. So I definitely look forward to it. Good. Um Return of the Jedi, inducted in the National Film Registry. Um, that's pretty cool. My second favorite. Fuck yeah. Uh, my second favorite Star Wars movie. And my first favorite, Kyle. It's 747 Pacific Standard Time. The Last Jedi is canon, you prick. No, it's not. That's how you combat that? No, it's, uh, I mean... This is this is a bonus Jedi talk episode. You can't but. even say Windu, so... I just did Windu. No, no. Mace Windu. Now you you've said it a million times. I know what I've said. Both both fourth mother box and Jedi, and Jedi talk. talk. Yeah, but nobody's Window. nobody says anything. I I know I fuck it up. Mace Windu. It's Sam Jackson. I'm human. I hope Sam Jackson sees you one day and like stop psychoanalyzing me, Doctor Kyle. Slaps you in the face. You have a master's no, degree. You don't he, have a doctorate. I hope he throws prick. a frosty in your face. No, not me. Yeah, I'm supposed because to get he's frost- like motherfucker. You eat this frosty in the face because you can't say his name. He's going to say motherfucker. Is he? Okay. He's going to say Well, it. well he's dead. that's his favorite word. He's dead. Well, on my Alexa, I can get Sam Jackson voice. And you, if you ask what his favorite word is, it's motherfucker. So. Oh, okay. Just just so you know. 
Appreciate you sharing that with yeah, me. Yeah, I would like to share these things. Yeah. Um, but it's not canon. Just, yes, just so it's know. very much. Ryan candid. Johnson is terrible. Uh, he's he's not though. That's no, the he's thing. terrible. Absolutely it's awful. That's not, not the thing. He makes tried it... to ruin Star Wars. No, he didn't ruin Star Wars. You don't ruin Star Wars. Your face. No, it so uh, definitely doesn't. Off. Definitely doesn't. Can we talk about? That the... don't sound like this brand. I don't definitely talk with this low voice. Yes, you do, uh, Professor Frink from, you know, Simpson. Blubber. Um, dude, did you see the Batman Japanese trailer and how different that was? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't think we would be getting the Joker, but um, <laughs> it, it, you really like... okay? okay let, let's let's seriously talk about this. This Batman Japanese trailer. So, if you haven't seen it, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. But there are specifically additional scenes, and off the heels of the rumor we talked about on Fourth Motherbox last week, that there uh, Warner Brothers is screening two versions of this movie, one including a certain actor, a la Joker, one not. So fresh off the heels, this trailer that had a few extra scenes that Japan got to see, apparently, there was um, a smiling face in the background of one of the pictures, right? And then there's somebody that Bruce is talking to, but that's in our trailer, too. Um, like, I've been trying to reach you, right? You know what's interesting is, like, I'll never, I'll always... L- I feel like this is the only superhero team up where they just have been so many iterations mm-hmm. and so many interpretations. And you could almost say like, I can't even think off the top of my head really anybody who's had this many interpretations and been interesting of Batman and, and the Joker and oh, Spider-Man Spider-Man doesn't really have like their personalities don't change though. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I never felt like there was like when you look at the Batman Mm-hmm. specifically or even better like the joker the joker is probably the best example where every one of them are are so different yeah and you know what we haven't really seen from a joker which i kind of think would i would love to see it and i think would fit well in this world is a really dark and scary fucked up joker it's kind of like the joker from um death in the family where he like oh, when he, re- he, with, he has uh, his face ripped off yeah. and he staples it back on mm-hmm. um like a really he had, scary. He has the dollmaker put it back on, right? Or create a new face. I know the dollmaker's involved in that story somehow. Um, but anyway, yeah, he he, he breaks into Gotham City and re steals his face back because he cut it off. Thief. I don't know. Hush, no, it wasn't Hush. I'll, Hush I'll wasn't involved. You know why the fuck didn't I bring that on the plane? That's a, a good bitch. fucking question. Great, great stories. Um, I can't wait. I mean. I can't wait for Metallica tomorrow night, but um, I can't wait for the plane ride home. I'm going to be listening to this. We're we're almost fucking two hours. That'll that'll take my plane ride from here to Phoenix. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, But, you know, like a really dark, almost like a horror movie villain type Joker. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, you just think like, I, I could see that working really, really well, you know? It would work well with an Under the Red Hood. Like, think about, think about Under the Red Hood this way, is where the whole movie, the Joker is just torturing and beating the bloody shit out of Jason Todd and it finally climaxes at the end with his death and like torture like saw like beating the piss out of him but in Joker style if you think about it you can look you can even give like certain themes to Joker I mean Jared Leto Jared Leto's Joker is like the gangster gangster yeah uh you know Heath Ledger's Joker is like the punk rock Joaquin the Antichrist yeah the Joaquin or like the the, not the Antichrist, but like the, you know, anti, 
uh, establishment. Yeah. establishment. Yeah, the punk rock, whatever. Sure, yeah. Um, like, Joaquin Phoenix is almost kind of like the the child Joker. You know, he's almost kind of like childlike in a way, where he's like, he's kind of like a, I don't want to use the word, actually I don't want to use the word child, but he's like, his character is kind of like very innocent throughout the film. If you if you watch yeah, it, it's kind of like, I get that, yeah. he's kind of like a child in the world that like, you know, seems like he's he doesn't understand like mm-hmm. and then it just comes out in this way in the end of course yeah right right but, i see what you're saying but but it, but it was kind of like that it was kind of like more of like an innocence mental health mm-hmm. like meant this is a guy with mental illness he's very sick you know it's more less than like you didn't see like the joker joker with joaquin phoenix right until like the end and until the end yeah right and when it was on the Murray Franklin show, Murray, Murray. Ah, such a good ass show. Mark Hamill's is like the the more comical, funny Joker, funny kind of dark Joker, but dark jester, funny. I want a dark and really fucked up Joker. I mean, it would be it would have to be next level. We've gotten some pretty good iterations of the Joker. Um, Even when you watch that trailer, like the cinematography, it's just it's very dark. Of of the Batman of the Batman, mm-hmm. yeah. And very eerily re- reminiscent of the uh, Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. of course. So it's like the live-action version of that. Now it's supposed to be... I already know that this is going to be my favorite Batman movie. I, I'm just calling it right now. Man. I just have a good feeling about it. It's setting itself up. It looks incredible. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Batman mark. It looks incredible. I, yeah, I would call it out like it is. Like I was not happy with Ben Affleck at first. Like, And for you a were... while after that... So I was, was I. Like, so was I, and he's my favorite now. Fuck. I was, I, I remember it. I was sitting in my you, you pa- apartment Pat, in Chandler. Do you think Pattinson, Pattinson's going to dethrone the, uh, Affleck for you? For me, right now, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because I love, because I, like I've said, Ben Affleck embodies everything that I think Bruce Wayne and ben, Batman are for me. <laughs> That's like kind of like rating Metallica songs. It's very hard. It's tough, yeah. Because then it, I'll always say Christian Bale's number one for me, but like even Keaton did really well. I, I really I only recognize three like him, Christian Bale, Keaton, and and uh, Christian Bale, Michael Keaton, and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Bale. I used to think Bale was the quintessential Batman, um, and it was going to be tough for anybody to really knock him off the peg. But and this isn't a knock on the Dark Knight series. He it just it's he's r- just rubbing off on me. Just less and less as as the years go on. As time goes on, like it's it's starting to get a little dated. Dated, yeah. But even as, um, you know, it's like, and for me, I've always talked about the fighting choreography is just not up to par. And I was watching The Witcher on the way here, mm-hmm. and if you watch the all the fighting, gratuitous sex scenes on the plane too, yeah, you were the, sharing them with yeah, the grandmas sh- next to yeah, you. Yeah, I was showing it, sharing it on the grandmas next to me. But if you watch the fighting choreography. Of that, it is phenomenal. It's just like Shang Chi. I mean, it's like this is prime. This is like premiere. It's so it's so so good. Mm-hmm. And I think with technology like that, where they can really bring fighting to life in that way, where it looks uh, really well done, yeah. except for the CW. The CW still sucks fucking dick. I can't wait to see what the, what this is going to look like in this the Batman. And and you, you think like it's progressively becoming darker. Even Ben Affleck's mm-hmm. Batman was dark. And more real, and then this one's just 
I mean, they said it's going to be the, the the scariest, right? The the, the ho- most the horror. Like a, they called it like a horror movie. Yeah, a little bit. And I like how they they said Bruce Wayne is less Bruce Wayne and, and more Batman, and he's in the suit for most of the film. And you told me today he's inspired by uh, the late Kurt Cobain. Yeah, he's. I was reading that he's inspired by the late Kurt Cobain, and that's why they they use the song "Something in the Way." Mm-hmm. And there's more, and uh, Matt Reeves was talking about this that there's something more to that that mm-hmm. he uses as, as the influence and that actually song that works really well in the trailer yeah for whatever reason yes it does uh, the, the 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 fucking music of that trailer like i know the score is going to be lit for the batman it, it is now my favorite trailer yeah. of all time and just like every time i watch yeah. it i just get like chills watch and, it today then spider-man no way oh, home man they're the only way to watch it is in a theater mm-hmm. for yeah and yes, Kyle's going to get the IMAX tickets for us for that. Um, oh yeah, um, the, we're going to go full throttle the, for this the night and, before. And it's funny because the next time I see Tom will be March fourth for, for Metallica. So my sister's wedding is March fourth, so we'll have to do like the you know the quote unquote midnight showing if you're good with that. I figured you would you you would be. So much, you know, which I, I think is at seven p.m. anyway, seven or ten p.m. now because of I'm, the Dark Knight Rises. I'm very grateful for me too. Yes, because I remember going to the midnight showing for. Like I, I think I went for like most of the Harry Potter movies. Oh, I went for Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that was the last midnight showing I went to. I probably did it for that too. You did, yeah, because I, I just wanted to see if you had a ticket, and you already did because I had bought two. Um, so, mm. yeah, see okay. the memory coming into play again. Um, but anyway, wow. Okay, two hours. I thought we really, really would be more than two hours, but we, we, we talked about a lot today. Man, what are you looking forward to most about Metallica tomorrow? Just seeing him again, and and mm-hmm. just the normalcy of it. This is my first concert, um, since COVID started. Shit, you know, like that's right. Before COVID started, so I'm just I'm really happy to to like bring it back with seeing my favorite band in mm-hmm. a, in a different city. I've never seen them before. Like this is the second time I've been in San Francisco, and that's true. If you haven't been to San Francisco, like outside of the don't outside of Kidding. like the human defecation that happens occasionally, it is. One of the most gorgeous, it's a beautiful states. city. Yeah, like ever, you, gorgeous places in the planet. It by is. Far. It is the sea lines we saw on Fisherman's Wharf today. That, those, there, that's there pretty sight really, to see. There was a really fat one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he puked up a whole Nana's pizza. Yeah, the, well, we had these mini donuts, and I'm pretty sure that like they. they Kyle just, had an orgasm about these fucking things. Oh my god! I mean, if you eat them. You, that's what you do. I mean, I'm pretty sure that this steel in particular, they just feed him these donuts. Like <laughs> the sea lion. Yeah, that thing was big. He was big. And you heard him. He was like, yeah, yeah. They was screaming. Um, he, was, he was yelling for donuts. I think. Yeah. So just see him, Metallica. Yeah. There's something just to say about the band, and they've got 40 years to prove it. The first 40 years of what they've given us and what they will be giving us. Um, I hope we hear a new song tomorrow. I'm just looking forward to see what else they have in store for night two. Metallica is very infamous for not never disappointing and never, you know, doing the same thing tw- twice. S and M two they played the same set list twice, but they had to because they were filming that and putting out a theatrical release. Plus, it would have been kind of heavy on the symphony to learn more than one night of music, and even on even stressful on Metallica too. So we're excited, and you'll hear way more about 
the second night of Metallica and the next time the fourth mother box convenes together whenever that is post Metallica 40th show. Um, but have a great Christmas, everybody. Thank you for joining the fourth mother box. You've been great. We've been the fourth mother box. Um, I've got nothing else today, man. Um, anything else on your mind? Words of wisdom before I wrap this. I have some words of wisdom. Oh, oh boy. And it's from Spider-Man. Oh, good. And, And I've said this before, but I feel like I need to say this now, and this actually makes sense. With great power comes great responsibility. And because of that, if you see the Spider-Man No Way Home, you'll understand what I mean.